Well, good good morning there, Kyle Crosby. What's happening? This is uh, this is Kyle and Mike. The conversation coming at you, not live, from Studio One, <laughs> and, uh, the the one location. The studio we're at Studio One, and we're on air. And uh, yeah, Ike Landman here, and across the table from me, looking fly with his brand new haircut, is Mister Kyle Crosby. Well, it's, yeah, it's tight. It's tight, man. It's looking sharp. It's short compared to what I'm used to. So do you ever have a haircut that short ever? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Back like, in the day. Back in the day. But it's been a while. Like hockey days or what? No, hockey days. I grew I grew it out, man. It was short. It was shoulder length in my hockey oh, days. Oh, you were you were like uh you were like that guy from Letter Kenny. You're one of the chest puffers with the long hair. Yeah. I had good flow, man. But so my hair this is going to be a weird conversation already. All right. <laughs> My hair is stick straight. And so it like. Stick straight. It, it's straight, man. There's no like curl to it okay. or anything like that. And so when I had it grown out, it covered like half my face because I didn't pull it back. So I, oh, I covered, you were... I, I like, my left <laughs> eye was half covered, but I, so I had to look through my hair to see through my left eye. Mm -hmm. And I always did this little hair, fl this head flick. You all can't <laughs> see it. Probably annoyed my mom to hell. The hair flip is annoying because like I, so I used to have a bowl cut. Yeah. I used and, to have a bowl cut. And I, and I, and I used to do the, mm. but I wasn't like a full on flip. Like I'm imagining you doing one of those Fabio. Well, when it's that long, I mean, it's so it's past your whole face. You got to get it out of the way. Okay. You need so a little momentum. I got to ask you the fucking hair over one eye. What is that? Is that like a stay away from me kind of thing? Like, like I was into grunge and I mean, I was a teen. <laughs> well, I, 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 I know it's a thing. I've seen it enough times. Even I've seen plenty of kids today. Have, it's just like, you know, uh, uh, it's like I see kids like they'll put the whole bangs over their eyes. No, no, that's and weird. what I had that's one. That's weird. I, I could see out of one eye. <laughs> you can't right? fucking say that that's weird if you did it only half. <laughs> go full on or don't go. Go home. Fucking a. So I don't know. I just, I've just so. I've never had a conversation with somebody about that who actually did that. And it's, I'm curious about it. Like, was it a, a, a like, was it just angst? Like you wanted the, to be different? Like what, what was the impetus behind the, just the one eye thing? No, it, um, it was kind of just how my hair was like my hair didn't like, I, I, I couldn't center part my hair off to the sides. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And open my face up and I couldn't pull it back because it, my hair is so thick. And it kind of goes forward, okay. That it wouldn't stay back, and so it just naturally kind of okay falls that way. So it wasn't a conscious decision to cut. No, to, to like keep it I just I, as it grew out, it just kind of that's the way it grew out, and I just mm. never okay made an effort to not have it that way. Well, I just have to give it people the benefit of the doubt then. Then I see a young man walking around with one eye covered up with his hair. That it's just the way it is. Because I was like figured it was like a it was like a um. Kind of an edginess, kind of an F you to the world, just just a little it bit. It probably, I mean, sure. That I, I, I don't disagree <laughs> with that. Okay. But it wasn't like the intent initially. It The intent was just that it's just how it grew. Yeah, it was just how it grew. Okay. But then you, I mean, you fall into stigmas, of course, with long hair like that, so. Well, yeah, man. Stereotypes, stigmas, yeah. all that shit. So being a hockey player had its benefits. Because? Well, all, all the hockey players had long hair. Oh, 
They all had long hair. But they, <laughs> none of them grew it like I grew it. <laughs> <laughs> so you were the edgy long-haired yeah, hockey player. <laughs> long-haired hippie people <laughs> need not apply. Okay, so uh, for uh, those of you uh, just listening in, we um, we got on this subject a little earlier because here in good old Baraboo, Wisconsin, we have this sweet little gem of a barbershop downtown. It's in the old laundromat, so the building's pretty cool looking. They got this sweet old retro lighted sign out front it's called the baraboo social club little plug for you guys um i started going to baraboo social club i don't know i don't know a long fucking time ago um and uh they just fuckers know how to cut hair man every one of them i just tell kyle you can't get in there get a bad haircut if you have i'd be very surprised right now they got four barbers there and they give you the full treatment takes at least 45 minutes for yeah. a haircut. Um, do the hot towel. They do the shave on the neck. The, the the actual shave cream shaves. Warm. It's just, you know, a bunch of cool guys. Got a fucking motorcycle in there. They got a buffalo head in there. It's just a sweet, sweet little spot. And uh, Jimmy, Jimmy does it up right. Um, and so my man Kyle here... Been rocking this mop for a fucking head of hair for way too long. And so when did I give you that that uh, gift card thing? Fuck. That was uh, like when we went camping last year. <laughs> so you've been rocking mid, that. But I mean, it was mid-COVID. All right. This, this is true. What was it? Yeah, it was mid-COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Fair we enough. We were able to go camping with the teen guys yeah. which is their end of the year trip so we we managed that but things kind of went sideways sideways in culture and society regarding shutdowns and stuff all right i'll, I'll give you that i suppose and here's the other thing everyone should know my mom is a beautician or she was a beautician all right and so as cliche as it is my mom always cut my hair mm-hmm. but she did it not yeah i mean she did it professionally for years until she quit and retired mm-hmm. so I've had that, and I just so I always had a haircut available. I just never took it. So, so to date, your mom was still cutting your hair. Yes. Okay. Yep. She does it for lots of people. Yeah, little shop out of her home. I would imagine that's like pretty common when you're a stylist for that many years, and then you get friends and family. Yeah, I mean, and if still you do it, over and, yeah, I would assume if you do it professionally for so long. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a sweet deal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not turning down free stuff. No, you're not about turning down free stuff. <laughs> we don't we don't do that here in the Midwest. It's a nice gesture. It is a nice gesture. So and <laughs> <laughs> what? My grandpa and I just have a weird relationship. So I got my hair cut and uh I think I got it cut Tuesday and I went and saw him Wednesday and uh my mom made a comment. She goes Oh, you went to see someone else, blah, 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 blah. Hey, look, I had a certificate. You didn't even tell her? Oh. I did after the fact. I'm like, look, good friend of mine gave me a gift cert. I'm like, I needed to use it. It was a great experience, and I liked the the cut. So, yeah, Mom. (laughs) But so my grandpa, being as smart ass as he is, they were talking about it. Because, okay, people, it's shorter than it was. A lot shorter. It's way shorter than it was, uh, yeah. It looks good. It it does. It does. And uh, my grandpa makes the comment of, he goes, you went to someone to get that? I'm like, yeah. And you know what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I wouldn't have. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're an asshole. Shut That's up. grandpa's old. That's grandpa. That's, they're going to bust your balls no matter what. Yeah. 
It was uh, just a grief thing. It was no actual oh, yeah. reflection on the haircut. So um, I started going to Barry Blue Social Club. So um, there was a, a woman here in town that I used to see, and uh, she cuts great hair. But she didn't ever cut my hair like this. And I didn't even know that she did this style of cut, I'm sure. And it was my, it was a, a, a bit of ignorance on my part to think that that she didn't do haircuts like this. I'd just never seen anybody come out of her salon with a haircut like this. And so um, the first time I tried the Bear Blue Social Club, I wanted to check it out. A, the Bear Blue Social Club's prices are more than than most of the people in the area. And it took me a, a long fucking time to get up the energy or idea to think that I was going to spend 30 bucks. At the time, it was even 25 bucks on a haircut. It was just like, to me, it was madness. But... At the same time, there was something about it I had to try. So I went in, got my hair cut, and I just fucking loved it. I haven't gone back anywhere else since. But so um, we had this woman who was doing my hair, and um, she uh, came to my house one day because my wife's a photographer. And she was getting some family photos done in my wife's studio. And, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe I fucking said this. Her and her family walked through the living room of my house into my wife's studio and her son has got a haircut like mine. And I'm like, Hey, did you go down to the social club for that? <laughs> and he looks at me and then she looks at me. She goes, no, in case you didn't know, I cut hair too. And it's like, Oh my fucking God, just stuck my foot size 13 straight in my face. I've, I don't know. I've felt so bad about that for so long, but no, what are you going to do? See what, I would imagine if you're in a profession like that, you, when a client goes somewhere else, you probably have the tendency to take it personally. But I don't think it's a, it's not anything personal on people when clients such as yourself go somewhere else to get a service. No different than, I mean, there's a lot of people who cut hair. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And that's not saying one of them is necessarily right or wrong or better than the other, but people got hair differently and, People like the haircut certain ways. It's what fits you. I don't well, know. Yeah, no, and it's, I understand that too. It's where it would be, you know, um, anybody who's got a, a client and a client chooses to go someplace else, you're going to think that somebody did something better, you know, or different than what you did. And, and I, and I, I guess, uh, I, I can understand that yeah. completely. And, um, and so, like, for me, the difference was, and this is going to sound shitty too, but it's like, it's, I really like sitting around with a bunch of dudes shooting the shit. Yeah, they, they you created know? the atmosphere. Yeah, there's like, and it's like, I, I like the old style barbershop feel. I like the hot shave. I like the motorcycle in the corner. Like, there's just a feeling I get, and it's nothing to knock on the feeling I got when I was getting my hair cut from this, from this lady I know, because she was really great and had great conversation with her, and it was always nice, but it was just different. And, and so, to, to your point, yeah, it's not a, a different set of, like, whether I preferred the haircut or the quality of haircut over one person or the other. It was more along the lines of, like, I like the um, hanging out with the dudes, you know, and just shooting the breeze and all that, you know, it's, uh, yeah. So I would would imagine as a business owner in a competitive market, you know, if you could say, and I'm not saying necessarily they completely are because there's a lot of people who do it. But when, when a market is saturated like that, if you assume 
the outcome or the service, not service, the outcome is the same. The haircut is the same. Mm-hmm. Then as a business, you have to do something to put yourself above it or to make yourself stand out. Well, it depends on what you want. But yeah, if you're, and, if you're trying yeah. to gain clientele and, 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 and if you're trying to gain clientele, yes, absolutely. You got to set yourself apart. Yeah. And so the social club created an atmosphere. They mm. tailored to a niche and that's what they went for. Yeah. And, and they do it well, which is why they're, they're successful. Yeah, now, they, if that lady would go buy a motorcycle and park it in the corner of her house <laughs> or her shop, I mean, yeah, well, they could. I don't think it. I don't think it would work for her. I just don't. You know, I just don't think that's the. I don't think that's the vibe she's trying to get, and that's great because she's happy where she's at. I believe anyway. She seems to be happy. She's you know always happy when I talk to her. So, you know, the first time I saw a barber shop like that, but it was. I mean, it was like in that kind of style, but different in a sense that. Um, I was on a trip out in Idaho, and uh, I was so fucking desperate for a haircut. I was sporting a serious mop, and um, I saw this barbershop um, online, went down there, and it was like leather couches, and it, with every haircut, you got a beer mm. after, or after, during, or before, and then they had like PlayStations and Xboxes set up, and it was like full of just... A whole bunch of dudes sitting around at 11 o'clock in the morning drinking beers, playing video games, and getting their hair cut. Um, and, uh, and it was just like, man, this is the greatest thing in the world because you're creating this environment where people want to come and hang out. You know, it's, 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 a whole, it's a whole different experience than just getting a haircut. You know, it's like yeah. – um, when you look at like uh, Fantastic Sam's and cost cutters and all that, that's all based on volume, in and out, in and out, in and out, cheap and volume. So why not raise the price and let people stick around for a while, give them a service? You know, because I think that's something that is desperately desired is an experience. Like in, in this world we've created in this amazing capitalistic westernized society, um, we've created... Uh, a lack of personal service. It's what can we get that's the cheapest, the fastest, and and out the door. We don't want to be troubled. We yeah. want to, you know, get back home, get back to work, wherever the hell we think we got to be. And 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 in this situation, these guys are encouraging you to take your time. Can't tell you how many times I've walked into the Bearbo Social Club. And there's a couple dudes sitting in the chairs, not even getting a haircut. They just stopped in to say hey and shoot the shit. You know, somebody threw a good album on, literally vinyl album, threw some good music on. They're sitting around shooting the breeze. Everybody's talking and having a good time. People are cutting hair, coming in and out, and it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I there's the movie, The Barbershop, you know. That's like inner city barbershops where they'd have all the people, just everybody hang out, little kids, yep. old men, and they just sit around and talk all day long. And, you know, it's 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 similar to that, but, you know, it's more middle-aged dudes. Maybe we should start recording there. <laughs> thought you just said maybe we should start recording here, and I, and I had to look at the button because I thought maybe you hadn't hit the fucking button. And I was like, well, Sorry. I guess we're starting right now. No, that would be fun. It would be interesting. To record a, a sesh at the at the barbershop. What that yeah, what we would what would that be like? Just have people just walking in and out and we'd just be saying, Hey, what's up? and talking to people and it would be 
you know, I don't know. The audio would be kind of weird, I bet, because there'd be voices way in the back. No, these are special microphones. I could block those out. Oh, they're super special. <laughs> Just like you, Mr. Kyle. Just like hey, you. you know what's special? What's that? Uh, my sack is wrapped in a sack. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was going to ask you. I was, I was, I didn't, I didn't know when we were going to get to it, but I, do you love them? Do you fucking it's love been them? a day, but it's, it's been a good day. So I will say this. Yesterday was the first day I wore them. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It was a nice experience. And it's a weird experience because it's like, I was a boxer guy. Uh-huh. I still am a boxer guy. Let me yeah. rephrase that. And uh, with these, the legging part is tight, like yeah. a brief, but the wrappage part around <laughs> the package is loose like a boxer, but it's self-contained. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's- I will say, I, uh, on an honest level, I was wearing them last night. And uh, I couldn't sleep in them. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I had to. I had to swap out for my traditional boxers. Too much r- package wrappage. Yeah, I need a little bit more looseness when okay. I sleep. Gotcha. But it's been one night, so yeah, can change. Well, hey, you know what? Just you just so there you go. Take it. Take it for what it is. Enjoy the experience. Yeah, it was good. It was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's. I'm telling you, I can't. For me. There's nothing else I want to wear for 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 undies. The the package wrappage, as you so eloquently put it, is uh, it's next level, man. For me, it's just uh, and and I hate boxers, so that's probably why there's a difference there because I don't like the flippity flop around of boxers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I've never liked boxers. I was always a briefs guy. Um, there's a you know when another thing I kind of like about them is that. There's a little uh, forward lift <laughs> yeah. in these in these in these package wrappage, and so you know it doesn't hurt the package a little bit when you're just wearing your boxers and your lady looks around the corner. It's like, hey, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie about that. It's like it just gives just gives the boys a little boost. You know, feels good. <laughs> a little a little aesthetically pleasing, you might say. You just equated these boxer briefs. To a push-up bra <laughs> they are dude it's a male push-up bra that's what it is yeah never thought about it that way but it's the truth just a little little lift little little something something up there i'm gonna be really honest yeah time for honesty i put them on yesterday and i looked i'm like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> damn look at that I didn't know that was down there. It's a wheat. So, yeah, I noticed. Yeah, it does, man. It's like, yeah, it's like a little confidence booster. What's up with that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's funny. So that's, so there's this, uh, (laughs) um, so probably, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years ago. Jeez, it's been a long time. There's this guy. um, He's an interesting dude. Used to be, he used to hang out with this friend, a group of friends we got, and my friends that listen to us will know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to say his name, but he's an interesting dude, military guy, ex-military guy, and um, he always talked. He was the first person I ever talked about manscaping, you know, where he's like trimming everything up, and he's just like, dude, he's like, you just got to shave it right down. I'm like what? And he's like, oh man, it gives you like. A solid two more inches. <laughs> what the fuck? 
And he's like, oh, yeah, man. You walk around, it's like it's impressive what you can give yourself if you just shave it down. And so I'm not going to lie. Gave it a go. <laughs> he ain't lying, man. <laughs> There's visual difference going on there. But, you know, I didn't take it to that level all the time. Do a little bit of do – you, do you do the manscape? Is this – am I pushing too far on this for you? I mean, we're getting – we're getting intimate here. <laughs> well, hey, what, what fuck? We're gonna do a couple. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about. I mean, close shave down, no. Mm-mm. But uh, I keep it neat and trimmed. When did that start becoming a thing? Like, I wonder how long ago. Who was the fucking first dude that was like, "I need to trim it up," like, or or at least talked about it. I'm sure there are plenty of dudes that did it, didn't talk about it. Like the lady's been doing it for, I don't know how fucking long, long time, probably ever since like Penthouse and Playboy and all those nudie magazines started coming out, you know, the gentlemen's magazines. I would imagine that's when it got to be a big thing for women. But for men, I mean, shit, there's like the Super Bowl ads for that, yeah. for that lawnmower 3.0 shit. Yeah. Gronkowski's on him. And uh, God, he's just <laughs> like such a goon. Wrong Kowski. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's, I, I, I wonder when that all started for men because men never really ever talked about that shit before. You know, like my friend obviously 20 years ago did, but, I, but he was the first and I hadn't, I mean, I got a lot of dude friends and I, I think you're probably the first one on this fucking yeah, podcast th- that I've ever talked about it with. I don't think I've ever talked about this with anybody. <laughs> so what? It, it's interesting though. It's like why? Like what is? Uh, um, what's the stigma? Men don't want to look good. You know, it's I like I don't think there's a stigma behind it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. So why haven't you ever talked about it with anybody? Because it's an intimate conversation. Although we've had some fucked up intimate <laughs> conversations. Well, so. right, yeah. I I know. So is it is it like dudes don't talk about intimate conversations? Um. No, I think it's easier for a guy to probably talk about, um, I don't know. I just feel like there's more, there's things that are, I don't know, easier to talk about. Like, that's not even easier to talk about. What do you mean it's not easier to talk about? I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, it's easier for guys to probably talk about sex directly. Than oh, to talk sure. about them specifically and appearances and or things like that. Because at some point, okay, you talk about sex. Oh, yeah. You don't. Whatever. I don't, <laughs> God, I don't even know. Lay it down, brother. No, but it's I like you can, you it's easier to talk about a sexual experience versus a personal attribute. Because at a personal attribute level, you get into the locker room situation where you're going to sit there and compare. Really? I don't know. I'm bullshitting and trying to figure out why we've never talked about it, but I don't well, know if we need to. Well, I'm not. I'm not trying to pick you apart. I'm just. I'm just trying to. I'm thinking about. I'm. Like, I'm, I'm. I'm thinking aloud. Okay. And well, that's what I'm we trying do here. To, <laughs> I'm trying to form thoughts. Yeah. Um, so, so it's like, I think part of it, as we're sitting here forming thoughts, <laughs> is is like, there's there's like a, a there's a certain amount of vanity that that comes with like manscaping and and all that like I, even like when it comes to shaving your chest hair you know there's a there's a 
a, a bit of vanity involved there. And I think that a lot of dudes don't want to like, they want to leave that up to the ladies. They want to mm. leave the primping and the, but that's changing. You know, it's like the, I know a lot of dudes that are, you know, they spend a lot of time taking care of their, their hair and making sure that everything's perfect. And, and so it's, um, I think it's less common now and maybe there's a little more open conversation around. That's why you see Gronk on TV talking about shaving his balls. And, but it's, um, it's still, I don't think I've ever had a conversation about it with another dude other than you right now. And well, and the, the dude 20 years ago, which at the time talk about clear a fucking room. Like yeah. <laughs> we're all sitting around talking and all of a sudden he starts talking about shaving and everybody's like, so got to get a, got to get a refill. Whew. Gone. Anyway, but interestingly enough, he was the dude with the guitar in the room <laughs> he was the same guy so he's he's willing to be vulnerable it's a vulnerability to talk about the things about yourself that you don't like like hair or whatever you know so it's or just to say like i don't i mean it's not a dislike it is what it is well i mean there's got to be a certain amount of dislike if you're willing to alter it yeah i suppose you know, it's like there's if 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 it's something that you're gonna change, obviously there's something about it that maybe maybe you just like it better a different way. Yeah, or your partner likes it a different way, or whatever. It well, is, there's yeah. that too for sure. I'm sure that when the Somebody ladies started doing it. it, had to do more with partners than it did themselves. Yeah, but anyway, it's just an inter- interesting thing that, um, like uh, male beautification. Uh, manscaping, whatever you want to call it, is is just it's it's way more out there in the conversation than it ever used to be. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. It's just a uh, yeah. Society is allowed for more intimate conversations, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just loosening of the you know I don't know. You're gonna go to hell <laughs> if you talk about it. You know it's um. Yeah, people are loosening up a little bit. I got to. But I, I mean, do you think that was okay? Was that an advent of the internet? Meaning, once the internet came about, you had access to anything. You mean the the, the ball trimming, like yeah. manscaping, an advent of the internet? Yeah. I, let, here's a question. Porn. Okay. How much did the internet? increase the consumption of porn oh probably like a, th- a million percent a, yeah right uh, yeah it's access to anyone yeah so okay. now you got all these young guys with access to see all these all this porn how many of those guys have trim junk yeah it's not 1970s like I, this is true it's not the junk you grew yeah. up on <laughs> i'm trying to remember the junk i grew up on like i so i remember like uh if my dad ever listens to this i'm out in myself so um, my dad had the cedar chest in his in his bedroom, and then he always hit all of his magazines at the bottom of his cedar chest. So like, dad's not home. It's like mm, going to the cedar chest to see what's up. You know, if there's anything new going on in there. And then my uncle, I don't even remember where he hid his, but he had VHS tapes. Mm. And but I'm trying to visualize what that was like, but I'm sure it was like giant, giant hairy. Yeah. You know, yeah. bushes and everything. But 
Yeah, I suppose probably the, the advent of porn probably had a lot to do with like the ideas of, of like what, what it should look like, what it could look like. But man, porn has really screwed up so many. Oh yeah. It's it's like it. Porn has created addicts and I, I mean, it's gone to a place that, I mean, it's clearly consumed. It's a huge industry. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the things I think about porn is like I, first off, like on the on the whole, it doesn't bother me that it exists. Like it's it's whatever, but what it's done to to people's, especially young people's ideas of what sex is, yeah, yeah. I think it's really fucked a lot of people up. I think that, especially, you know, it's like this is what is supposed to be like every single time you have sex, it's going to look like this this big thing. It's going to take two hours and all this craziness and. It, it puts sex on a level that is is so unrealistic that I think it creates a stigma for people who have never had sex or young young men or young women because from what I understand, porn is just as, as busy in the male and female categories. I shouldn't say busy, but prevalent is the word I'm looking for. But it it's a it puts this unrealistic idea of what sex is about, what it looks like, what it feels like, um, what it's supposed to be it's like you know when i don't know when i first had sex it was it sucked it was like all it was like i didn't know what i was supposed to do my hands were these things that were like <laughs> floating in the air it's like what am i supposed to do where do i go you know how am i supposed to sit down do i stand up all this weird shit and that was just probably based on the little bit of porn that i'd seen as a teenager mm-hmm. you know so i think it's to a, it's it's to a large detriment for young people and and then as as people get older it becomes an addiction kind of thing you know um i i've i've heard of people where like they can't they can't have sex without watching porn Oof. you know and it's it's sad that is you know it's it's like it's like a gambling addiction but it's not it's it's like it's something that's such a big part of human nature and it and it turns it into a whole different animal um so I think it has a very it has the ability to be very destructive, you know, because yeah. we're we're um, addictive in nature. I think not all of us, but I think there are certain members of our society, a lot of them, that are we have an addictive personality. Flag that, flag that, because I made a weird noise. Yeah, I can hear that. You fidgety yeah. over there? I'm fidgety a little bit today. I, Is it because we're talking porn? No, it's not because we're talking <laughs> porn. No. Um, what's interesting is that. And and I guess I don't do it too much when I'm here. Maybe you don't see it, but I, I'm usually a fidgety guy. Like mm. I've usually got something when I'm having a conversation. I've got something I fidget with my in my hand. You're gonna get out a fidget spinner. Oh, he's got a fidget spinner. Yeah, boys and girls club fidget spinner. Even see, yeah, I don't know. That thing. I never got into these. My kids did. I remember my kids had so many of those fidget spinners. We'd find them everywhere. Every time we'd go on vacations, they'd want to get a new fidget spinner. Weird. I used to, uh, sorry, I'm all over on my audio. I'm trying to find a pen. What's a pen for? So you can fidget with a pen? Yeah. Okay. Well, you just keep looking for your pen over there, pal. Um, so I learned this in high school. This was the original fidget spin is just pen spins. And, ooh, that's... So for everybody that can't see this, which is anybody everybody. that possibly <laughs> listen to this, Kyle's doing this fancy little pen twirly, twirly spinny thing around spinny my thing with his hand. Um, I don't even where the 
I don't know how the whole we got the fidget spinners, but because you fidgeted with a Velcro thing, oh, and all I heard on the audio was a mess with your audio. Yeah, <laughs> you're an audio purist. I get no, it. No, I'm not. I know it sounds good in here. It does sound good in here, but I don't even know what a pure audio is. Well, it's it's a pure audio is is no Velcro sounds on the background. <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Uh, so you know, we were talking just porn changing maybe every young people's thoughts on sex i think that's so prevalent in like the impressionability of young people on anything in life relationships um careers whatever i think hollywood and i'm not saying yeah it, it hollywood shapes it oh man big time yeah i mean all this shit that kids or young people consume has to have an influence on their outlooks or their thoughts on how something is supposed to work right and and that they don't i'm going to say this because um, I have, like, I obviously we've talked about this before. I've got young teenagers in my um, in my house, and I don't think they they don't sit and talk anymore. They don't have conversations with each other about their thoughts, about what they think, about what they saw, or what they experienced, or what did you experience? Or you know, I remember when I was a, when I was a kid, I would sit and talk with um, my friends or. I had, I had like one or two good friends and then my, um, <clears throat> my cousins and it was like, Oh, did you kiss? What's her name? Oh yeah. I kissed her. Da, da, da. And we talk about that shit. And it's like, what was that like? And then, but now in, in my experience, like I'll talk to my stepson and he's like, he's got a buddy, of his in Arkansas that he plays video games with. It's like, so, you know, what's, what's he like? It's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you ever talk about anything? He's like, well, we talk about the video game. Yeah, you're like, saying that. You know, do you, they don't talk about anything. Who do they talk to? You know, they don't. They just look it up on, on the internet. And I don't care who, who you are and how many safe blockers and child, you know, blockers and ad blockers and uh, uh, security things you got. They're going to figure out a way to access what they want to access online. You know, they're very resourceful young men the ones that you know the teenage boys i got at my house anyway so <laughs> they're you know that these young men and young women are looking at porn and they're and they're looking at it when they have questions they're just going to google it you know so if that's where they get all their information from how are they supposed to get accurate information that actually pertains to them you know it's i think it's it's such a um stretch and i don't know i don't even know what they teach in sex ed today do they do they teach sex ed in school still? I would imagine so, but I have no idea. What was what was sex ed like when you were in school? I don't even remember. So clearly not traumatizing. Not an impactful no. thing on your life. It didn't teach you what you needed. No. No. It's no. the movie where she's like, "Okay, everyone say penis, 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 vagina, vagina, vagina." <laughs> I don't know that movie. <laughs> There's a movie where the teacher's up there to say it and I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was that. So, do you remember the um, the show Wonder Years? Yeah. Okay. And there was the one teacher, he was, and he would talk in the monotone voice, and he would say, "Okay, children, today we're going to watch a slideshow." It was all. That's what I, in my mind, what I remember sex ed like was like. You separate the boys from the girls, and you and you talk about a penis, and you talk about a vagina, and you talk about menstruation, and then all the boys get all grossed out. 
and and then the girls are all embarrassed and then you got to go back in class together and pretend like you didn't just learn all this shit <laughs> while you're sitting next to the person the girl next to you going oh my god i wonder if she's menstruating right now <laughs> it's like it's like i don't know you don't they don't they don't talk about it in in real terms and that i remember it wasn't something that was like i feel like i learned anything it just made me uncomfortable you know and i i don't know there, I, there's got to be places where they i think it's like in australia i got a buddy of mine from australia and he said like their um conversations around sex are far more open and real and without all of the stigma that you're not supposed to talk about it you know that's one of the things it's like sex is bad here you're not supposed to talk about it you know because it's like you know it's it's so taboo and except for it's everywhere it's everywhere and that's what sells yeah it's um it's like when you yeah, it sells everything. Yeah. Every single thing you can think of, they use sex to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. Cars, sports. Like Dallas Cowboys have a hundred women dance around in bikinis on their on their sideline that, that you know, that's trying to sell football. You know, it's like all the car shows, all the bikini models and car shows, all that stuff. It's like it's what's gonna sell everything. Yeah. So it's I don't know. I I feel like we're spinning a little bit here, but it just seems like it, there's there's the, the conversation around it for young people here isn't as um, authentic as, as it could be. No, I think it's, I mean, they should probably just rename it sex ed uh, anatomy class. I mean, if all it is is just, okay, here's the human body, here's the intimate parts, mm-hmm. and cover it. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I haven't, I think, you know, that might be... Uh, I have, to, I have to ask my kids, I'll ask my, my older boys, I'll ask them, what, what was sex ed like in school for you? Because, you know, they're 20 and 21 now, so it would be interesting to know what that was like. Yeah. So um, anybody wants to call in on our hotline and, <laughs> and explain to us what sex ed was like for them. You can't. You can't do that one of these days. But I'm pretty sure we know you all, so you can just text us or call yeah, us Yeah, exactly. All three of you that are still listening right now. <laughs> I had this, like, all this shit. This this morning I was, like, ready to talk about some different stuff, and all of a sudden it's like, did you start doing your your trading yet? Your, like, stock trading? Have you looked into that at all? I thought you and I talked about that, that you were going to look into doing some trading. No. We, jo- we, messed, we joked around with the, uh, the Robin Hood and the GameStop thing. Right. So um, Bitcoin is, like, 50 fucking six thousand dollars of bitcoin now did you ever did you hear about bitcoin before bitcoin was what it is now yeah like when it came around years ago yeah did you did it ever like did you ever think about getting into it back then were you into that at all no why would i pay money for fake money well i right i know but there was something obviously somebody had an idea because because well elon musk now said you can buy a tesla with fucking bitcoin which is probably why half the reason that stock went up well, it was already at 40-some thousand when he said that. He bought like $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin or some shit. I mean, I get, the, I get the concept. The concept is what? Essentially that you go to virtual currency or universal currency? Well, it's, ver- it's digital currency, so there's no physical properties of it whatsoever. Like, we still have paper money, which I'm not really sure why. I mean, to, there's, it's not going to be long, I don't think where nobody's going to be carrying around cash, which for the people that love to carry around cash because the government's watching them, it's, there's, there's like, 
it's going to suck. I think there's going to be a lot of people holding on to their cash and using cash as long as they can, but it's coming. You know it's coming. That pretty soon we're going to be tapping our phone or tapping a card or waving our microchip that we get with our vaccine <laughs> over the computer screen, and we're that's how we're going to pay. Yeah. I would imagine. I mean, they've talked about for years getting rid of pennies and rounding everything up to nickels, and at some point I'm sure they'll just round it up to quarters, and then it'll escalate to round up to dollars, and mm-hmm. and then, yeah, it's going to be... You don't need the the physical money. I mean, yeah. How many people actually use cash right now? I'm sure still quite a few. Mm-hmm. I think I, older generation for sure. Yeah. A lot more older people. I started, so I used to not carry cash and um, I started carrying a little bit of cash and it's, it's nice to have a little cash on you. It is nice to have a little bit of cash. I find that whenever I have cash in my pocket, I just fucking spend it. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. If it's in my wallet and it's like, and I know it's there, I just, I don't, I'm, I'm impulsive. I'll buy something that... Maybe I wouldn't buy otherwise, but it's, I got it. And it's, it's something about, I feel like the money in my bank account is the money I don't touch. If I got cash, I feel like somehow that's extra money. Like, like, you know, it's just, it's like, it's my disposable income is my cash. And so I guess that's maybe just how I train myself where if I, if I have a little bit of cash in my wallet, that's my fun money, you know, whereas in um, the money in my bank account that pays my bills. And maybe that's because all my bills are online now. I don't I don't hardly write checks at all. I don't use cash for bills. You can't use cash for bills. When's the last time you tried to make a car payment with cash? I think they still send those little return envelopes. You could probably stuff some stat, some cash in there. Who does? I don't know. I don't have a car payment. Oh, fuck you. Well, I almost don't have a car payment. I, no, I'm not too far from that. But I, I don't remember the last time I got a return envelope because everybody wants to go paperless. Well, it makes sense to go paperless. And I think you get discounts to go paperless. You do. You do. You get discounts to go paperless. You're not using the, the paper, obviously. So it's there's a lot of good reasons to go paperless, but the the downfall of it is less you're not using cash. Yeah, know? and there's the thing with cash is there is at some level an emotional attachment or realism to when you don't have it or when you spend it meaning oh sure like if you have a credit card or a debit card let's say let's say that they got rid of cash so everything's more or less a debit card at that point because it's still money you have to have right it's just too easy to swipe there's no emotional like oh i just spent a hundred dollars on soda yeah like with cash like you hand something over and it's like this is mine and now it's yours and i get this yeah with with a credit card or a debit card, and I get debit card, it is different, but with a credit card, for instance, I swipe it. Cool. I keep my debit card or my credit card. Mm-hmm. I take what I just bought. I didn't lose anything until a month later when I get the heartache of IOUs. <laughs> Did you ever get into credit card trouble? No. No? Thank goodness. Um, so we have a credit card. My dad taught me very early on um, to treat it like a debit card. So it's paid off every month. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but we never, I've never carried over like month to month credit card debt. And I've never. Ever? Ever. That's impressive. And I've, uh, yeah, it's impressive maybe. Um, but I've never like bought stuff on a credit card that I couldn't pay immediately if i needed to so you were you were taught like you said early yeah to, it, to not dive into that hole essentially and i and i don't know if i agree with this anymore um but when i was taught about it i was taught okay you need a credit card to build your credit score yep and but i was taught to use it like a debit card 
So if you don't have the money to pay for it right now, you don't buy it with a credit card. And so, and that was the, that was the mantra for me growing up with a credit card and growing up. Okay. When I was, you know, 20 or 21. Still that's growing Um, up. Yeah. You're figuring it out. But, and so that's how I've always treated a credit card. Um, See, when I was in, when I was in college um, and, and when I got the idea that, you know, first off, I didn't really understand credit. I didn't understand why it was important. And so I just, I always just, you know, I had my cash. I had, my, I had a checking account, but when I, when I, when I needed money, I would go to the bank, I would do a withdrawal and I'd have my cash and I'd pay my bills or whatever. Um, or I'd send a check, you know? And when I was, uh, when I was a young man, 18, 19 years old, I bought a house. When you buy a house or you buy a car or you buy a television from Sears, you need credit. So if you, because it's, you know, the house is whatever, $100,000. You don't have $100,000, so you need to have a credit score. So the first thing I got taught was go to go to uh, the bond, the bond marché. Do you remember bond marché? No. You don't, <laughs> don't remember what bond that is. Marché. The bond is like, that was like a shopping center. Like um, you get a bond card. Okay. It's kind of like Kohl's okay. now. So you get a Kohl's card or a bond card. Yeah. Okay. Hey, everybody gets one. You know, they give you a $150 lemon. So you go and get and you buy some socks and you pay it off and you do that once a month, you know, just to kind of get a, a show that you're using the card, you pay your bill, you don't pay it off right away, you let your bill show up, you pay it off before you get interest on it, but then it shows, it helps you build your credit score. And so I did that, but then, you know, when I got into business for myself, I had a $25,000 credit card and I ran it up to $25,000 when I opened up my business Oof. and I worked all the way down and it was at 23% interest yep. and you can get in so much trouble so fast. Yeah, so I was just compounds. Yeah. So it, I would say, you know, I'd tell my kids, it's just don't get a credit card, you know, get a Kohl's card if you want to build your credit up because you want to buy a new car or whatever you're going to do. And then use that a few times, maybe, you know, six, seven times a year and then get your credit score up there a little bit. And so then you are establishing something, you know, but the credit card is such a trap for a lot of people that it yeah. is. And that's what, so I don't think there's anything wrong. So there is a way to buy a house without a credit score. If you have a zero credit score, you can, I, there's some paper you have to fill out where you have to prove your income for X amount of years or something and, and prove you can make the payments. So there's, there's a way to do it without a credit score. I know that. Um, oh. And so I, I, you know, a credit card's a trap, man. And the as I get older, I honestly start feeling like a credit score is a trap too. Because a credit score, all a credit score is doing is telling you you're good at taking on debt. You're what? Like, so you said, so you said, and, and I know the TVs have changed dramatically in price, right? Yeah. I would never finance a TV. Oh, man. You should have seen my TV, bro. <laughs> When I was in college, it was a 60-inch, big screen, big, you remember the old big screens? Well, yeah, and you're an old fuck, so 60 inches back then (laughs) probably cost you your life. It was, it was, I was close to 3,000 bucks, I want to say, yeah, plus I got the Bose Lifestyle 25 fucking surround sound system. We threw the most dope-ass parties. Because we had we had the the MTV going on with the bows going on, and we'd play music, and it was amazing. It was the greatest thing in the world until the TV like it had the it had the little tubes in the back, yeah. And if they weren't perfectly aligned, 
you're fucked because then you got all these weird red and green and blue lines all over your TV. So when you back in the day, back in my day, when uh, when we bought this big screen TV, first off, it's about five feet tall, and um, it's probably three feet deep. Yeah, you know, and it's heavy as shit. It's so heavy. So you need three guys to carry, and we had a split level apartment. So going up the split level was like the scariest moment of my life because it's three thousand dollars. And if it gets, they said, if it gets tipped the wrong way, then you're then you're you're screwed, and you need a service call. And they have this tech that comes out for a hundred dollars an hour back in you know nineteen ninety seven nineteen ninety seven ninety eight. That's a that's a lot of money. Yeah. So you come out and tweak the the little tubes on the back of your TV, and it was just, it was a disaster. But we didn't fuck it up at first, and we had it, and it was great. But the second time we moved it. It was done. Like, we couldn't get the screen back. And, of course, I'm going to try to fix it myself. Yeah. You know, it didn't work. Anyway, yeah. That's, you can't get rid of those things now. You have to pay so much just to get rid of those. Yeah, because they're they're bohemoths. It's like, well, of course, that's like that was a predecessor to the console TV. That was like, did you, did you ever have anybody in your family have a console TV? Probably, but I don't know what you mean by console TV. God, you're so young. I know. Such a baby. I mean, we had tube TVs. Well, it's a tube, but the console is like, it's a tube, but then it had, the, remember the, the, you don't remember, had the, all the big knobs, there's like three big knobs on there, there's yeah. a power, yeah, on yeah. off, power, volume, and then channel, sure. and there was yeah. like, my grandma had one of those. seven channels, Yep. and and the speakers had like, like couch fabric over the yeah, front yeah, of them, yeah, and they were, yeah. it was brown, and they had legs on it, like a coffee table, and then, you know, it had to warm up. <laughs> so i've never had to experience it warm up but yes my grandparents did have a tv like that yeah so the console was a predecessor so it, it made sense that that's the way they went right you know but once yeah well and technology has just gone so freaking far it's crazy but anyways i want to go back to the credit scores okay sorry i think so many people get into credit card trouble like is it worth having a credit card no i don't think it is that's my current mentality on it and, and I get the build your credit score thing, but at some point, minus maybe like a house, I think there's some legitimacy to you buy what you have money for at the time. Absolutely. I think that's the way to go. And I think that uh, our, our consumerist society, the way, the way we look at everything that we got to have the newest and the best every single time the new iPhone comes out, got to get the new iPhone right here. iPhone 12 yeah. had, I didn't. I don't buy into that as much. One of my kids, his phone broke, so the way, the way it worked out, that it was like he needed a phone. He got my old phone. I got a new phone. Oh, sure. But still, I didn't have to have a 12. I could have went out and bought him an old one, used somewhere, and been done with it. But it's just it's just the way it works. And so now I've got a phone that I'm paying for for the next two years, you know, at however many dollars a month because I didn't want to spend $800 right away, which – Honestly, I probably could have and probably should have because I'm not paying the financing on it. But it's just, I don't know, it's the system. It's the way yeah, it's and done it's, now. It's a fucked up system. So uh, a couple years ago, two years ago now, so my wife and I had a certain carrier and our phones were at the time like five years old. Okay. They had seen their, and they were iPhones. So There's like an iPhone 6S or something like that. Mm. I don't know what it is. And uh, it, it just didn't hold a charge. It, it had passed its prime. You know why that happened, right? Because they purposely did it. Motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I gotcha. Oh, fucking get piss it. me off so bad. And anyway. uh, but so we were in a situation where it's like I I can't go five hours without my phone dying, and I'm not going to carry around a, a battery pack for the next 
year. So we wanted to get a new phone. But how fucked up the system is, so we went into the carrier we had. I'm like, hey, we need new phones. Okay, great. You can renew this contract. Okay. And then uh, the phone is like, you know, $40 a month for two years. I'm like, oh, you have promotions all over the place for free phones. Right. Oh, it's for new customers only. Right. You can add a line. You can add a line. I'm like, I don't need a third line. There's two of us. So there's no incentive. There's zero incentive to stay with that carrier. So we went to a different carrier and I said, Hey, what's your incentives for new people? Oh, this, this, and this. I'm like, okay. I'm like, so in two years or three years or four years, when I want to upgrade my phone, is there any reason for me to remain a customer or do I have to flip carriers again to get a discounted or free phone and pay the same for the thing? She goes, yeah, basically it's a system where you just have to flip flop every so many years. If you want to keep getting the deals on the phones, I'm like, why is there zero incentive for someone to stay loyal to a, a company? Zero. Like, why would I, why would I, is your service that much better than the other one that I'm going to sit here and pay $800 every three to four years for a new device, or I can get it for free just by switching carriers and I have to sit here and flip flop. Do you get, when you flip flop like that, do you get a new number every time? No, I've carried my phone number. I, I haven't flip flopped over. So this is the first time. So we, we had the certain carrier. We got the new phone, you know, years ago, the iPhone 6S or whatever it was. And this is just the first time uh, we switched carriers. But it was it was such a shitty experience to get a new phone. Oh, yeah. It was it was ridiculous. And I, it, it just boggles my mind on how backwards it feels. Like, I get the incentive to get new people to come to your company. But as a business, why is there no incentive to stay? That's a good question. I never really, I've never honestly really looked at it that way where there's a, I always figured the reason I stay with my carrier is um, I use U.S. Cellular. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been with U.S. Cellular for shit, I think ever, ever since I've been in Baraboo. Um, and I've, I've stayed with them because I've always felt like, well, they're the local company that probably got the best service. Now, my son Connor, he's been with U.S. Cellular, Cricket. I think he's been with maybe T-Mobile. There's this AT&T, you know, and, and he's like, he sometimes he gets better service than I do, and sometimes I get better service than him. So to your point, I really don't know what the motivation is to stay with a company other than there's a familiarity there. Yeah. But even with that, like I when I got my phone swapped out, I was there for like three fucking hours. Yeah. What is that about? It's just why does it take so long to go to a cell phone place and, and get a new phone? I have no idea why that experience takes so much time. It shouldn't be that hard anymore. No, it shouldn't be. And it's just I'm uh, yeah. It's a it's a SIM card and a new phone and a transfer of data. You know, I, I, it's like maybe, maybe it's the three hours because they want to break it down. So you're mentally fucking tired and they're going to sell you some new it. shit. Before yeah, you like, walk out, you want a case, this and this. Well, and this. yeah, you need yeah. a new charger, you need a new case, you need a pop socket. You, you know, it's like, you know, maybe you want to upgrade to this. I don't know. I'm not saying that that's what they're doing, but I have no other idea why it takes so fucking long to. It's going to a cell phone store is something that, that I avoid at all costs at this point in my life. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't know anybody that likes going to cell phone stores. And I'm not saying that U.S. Cellular does a bad job because when I'm in there, they're kind. I th I think they're efficient. I, I don't really know because it's like it's just the system and it's the way it works. But, you know, 
my experience isn't it's just so long it's just like i just don't want to go it's not and it's not a i guess what i'm saying is it's not a knock on on the people that are helping me it's just more along the lines of the process just blows like there's no reason for it no. whatsoever you know it's, it's quicker to go buy a freaking car well can't you <laughs> you can go to walmart and buy a fucking track phone and then go home start it up buy some minutes and you're done yeah so what's the what you can even get a smart track phone if you want to. So what's the point? Yeah, why can't you just buy the service, order the phone, and have it delivered and turn it on? Yeah, but then you're going back to that fucking place where you don't even see people anymore. That's true. It's just I don't need to see you for four hours to turn a phone on. Right. I know. That's I agree with that. Should be forty five minutes tops. Yeah. You know, in and out, you pick your phone. You know, I I understand like some people like to browse and they're going to look at different phones and look at different options and they want the full treatment. They want to know what one phone does compared to another phone. And then they're going to get the full tutorial because Jesus, this, I, I heard this on a podcast um, the other day, the phones we carry in our pockets are more powerful than the fucking super, super computers they used when they put the first man on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy it's insane because i don't do shit with like i feel like a moron when i hear that because i just text and watch videos and take photos with my phone yeah email yeah like, i the utilization of the uh my phone can do so much and i probably use 20 percent of its capabilities yeah max yeah if that for me it's 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 a supercomputer that I, yeah, I have I have zero idea on how to. Um, do you ever watch those I, iPhone or whatever videos um, where they say this is the tips and tricks you can do with your phone? No, yeah, there's so much shit they do, and and I see usually it's like um, when I see those videos, it's a an Instagrammer or a YouTuber or some influencer who's who's on their phone all day, twenty four seven, they're hammering out stuff and. So you don't even, if, if I knew how to use that thing well enough, I almost wouldn't even need a laptop or a computer other than making documents, you know, even that. Think about it like a, a MacBook. Those MacBooks are like, what, 3000 bucks? What do most people use them for? Word documents. Exactly. <laughs> it's like Facebook, <laughs> YouTube. Browsing the internet yeah, and then uh, a Microsoft product that isn't meant for a Mac. Yeah. I... So I was looking for a computer for my daughter for uh, for college, and I'm like, okay, ten best laptops for college students, you know, Google. Duh, duh, duh. So I'm going down the line, and I see all these different ones, and the MacBooks on there, and and then the Asus Pro, and then this Pro, and that Pro, and all, and and it's like, God, it's like, do you really need all that, you know? And then this, I'd listen to um, this this guy was talking about a little video clip. He was talking about what they really need it for, and he's like. Honestly, most college students can get by with a Chromebook. Yeah. You know, that's why the high school, middle schools give out Chromebooks. They're cheap. They do most 90% of anything they're really going to need to do for school, they can do on this Chromebook. You know, they can they can talk to their teachers, they can you can zoom on them, you can do all of that. It's not the the highest megapixel screen no you know and you're not gonna you're not gonna make videos probably mm -hmm. you're yeah. not going to um game on it well maybe you can't even game on them i don't know you can do some gaming but you can't do like but the, no you're gonna go on to google chrome 
And then you're going to open up Google Docs and you're going to research your paper and you're going to type it on Google Docs. So going back to your conversation about credit and spending money we don't need to spend, that's that that whole system is designed to get students to buy these high power computers and every year they got to have a new one. For what? To keep them in debt? Yeah. Keep the money rolling in for these companies? Man, the more you're in debt, the more you're going to keep going back because mm-hmm. you got no other options. So we um, we were talking about car payments. So uh, the the first, so we received a stimulus. Yeah. Uh, and so the first one we got, uh, we actually used, and then we had a little bit of savings. And so I was done with my wife's car payment. So we had my wife's car payment. We bought it. It's four years old at this point. Um, and I was fucking done with it. Done paying paying these car payments. I'm, and I had this mentality that nope, I'm I'm done with debt minus the house. If we're gonna if we need something, we better have the money for it. And so we had a little savings, and uh, we got that stimulus. I'm like fuck it, burnt it all, paid the car off. Nice. Yeah, it's got to feel great. It did feel great. Got the title. I'm like oh shit, we own this car now. Yeah. And uh, I don't have a car payment, and it's wonderful because what it does is it just it frees up like. I mean, we were spending, I don't even want to say, a month. Uh, we were over. We were overpaying. Um, what do you mean over? We were, we were paying more than what Oh, we, so you could pay down your principal. Yeah, so we could pay down the principal. Because we were supposed to be paying like 380 or something, and we were throwing like 500 bucks a month at it instead. So that's great. But what that, I mean, now I have $500 a month that isn't going towards a car. And so I can start a saving if I want a new car in four or five years. So I can take $500 a month and stick it in the bank as a, pre-car payment so i can keep my quote car payment but then i won't have to take out a loan for the next car or i have disposable income like if i oh, need man, extra cash one smart motherfucker you have such good financial principles you should be you should be talking to these kids in league about financial principles you gotta lead that conversation man no <laughs> yeah you do fuck that you gotta share this this who, who who's gonna talk to them about this shit you gotta be sharing that gift their finance teacher in high school who probably okay I don't wait, wait, wait. want to know that's some bullshit I, I'm just that's, joking okay. I would totally I'm totally I'm just say, joking I'm gonna here. call you on that bullshit so I was just having a conversation with my wife uh yesterday and we were talking about how um well I had a, it was a conversation with my wife about a conversation I had with a buddy of mine um that basically we as a society have really given a lot of the raising of our children to the schools I would agree. You know, it's like we're... And no offense to the schools, but they... I think most schools do a shitty job. That's... And that's, that's not, not a knock. their job. No, and that is totally not... Let me be very clear. That's not a knock on the districts, and that's not a knock on the teachers. I just think it's an impossible request. It is. An, it's a completely impossible request. And, and more and more and more, we're putting the job of raising our kids on the school system. It's like we're supposed... To, the school's supposed to teach them math... Supposed to teach them science. Supposed to teach them morals. It's supposed to teach them health and hygiene. It's supposed to teach them good nutrition. It's supposed to feed them, give them mental health. It, it's it's like there's so much being put on a system that is so poorly funded that what we, we it's an impossible expectation that that we have put on the school systems. So a while back there was this big push to go to more privatized schools mm-hmm. to more charter schools and, and get rid of the public schools because the public schools are failing our kids. And okay. So when we're paying teachers shit wages 
and and you're only getting so many dollars per kid for public school systems, how are they supposed to deliver all that we expect from them on such like minuscule funding? How many teachers out there that I know buy supplies for their own fucking classroom? They're buying notebooks, they're buying pencils, they're buying, you know, paper for for projects, they're buying dry erase markers. They shouldn't be having to pay for that shit out of their pocket. It's their job to show up to teach these kids. They should be given the tools they need to teach these kids. So why is it that we're we're requiring them to raise our kids on top of teaching our kids? Yeah. You know, it's is it two income households? Is it one income households? And single moms have, you know, so it's like we talked about this before the divorce rate is skyrocketed in the last 30 years so how many single moms are working two jobs trying to pay the bills and then they've got two kids and you know so when the kids need something it's like it's they're going to get it at school not it's not a knock on the single mom it's like what is required of her to keep the lights on yeah you know so it's our our education system is so overtaxed and so we create these places where our kids can go to private schools or um, charter schools or specific communities where it's got a really high tax base, but people. So I know a man who moved out of the Madison, Wisconsin school district he was in to the Wanakee district. He bought a house, moved his entire family to Wanakee, still works in Madison just to get into this really high-end school district with a really high tax base where there's this much more money going into the school system because he didn't like how the schools his kid was in were underperforming. It's just like, well, if the school your kid's in is underperforming, if it's in a low tax base district and it doesn't get the funding, what the hell is it supposed to do? You got a teacher trying to teach 30 kids, you know, and and they're given the, the most the leanest set of tools to do it with. What do you expect? You know? Well, and I, and I, I don't, I don't disagree, but to his point, and I'm assuming his point, like, I don't, you know, is he in a situation where, you know, he could agree with you hundred percent, but his voicing that isn't going to change anything. And so if your kid's in the district right now, and you're you're this, and you're willing to obviously pay more if you move to Wanakee. He's willing to pay more, but as a a whole, if the Dane County schools weren't going to move in that direction, or at least in a timely manner, to help his kid. Sorry, yeah, his priority is his kid. He's going to bail. Like I don't disagree with that. So where does that what where, where does that leave our school system? I'm not. I'm saying someone still has to fight for the school system, and uh, and you know. Maybe he could become an advocate on why he did that and help make that change. But I'm thinking myself, if I have kids and if, if I'm in that situation where I'm passionate that this district 15 minutes down the road or 20 minutes down the road is this much better and I'm willing to pay higher taxes and the system I'm currently in needs change, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. I'm going to do what's best for my kid. I'm going to bail too. Now I might turn around and become an advocate and be like, you guys need to do this and I'll bring my kid back. Absolutely. But time is of the essence. You, I have a, a kid is in the district for 12 years. Mm-hmm. I have 12 years. You have 12 years with my kid. Mm-hmm. I have 12 years to impart on them 
all the high school knowledge that I need to do. And if you're failing, I'm not saying it's your fault you're failing, but I can't sacrifice four years of my kids 12 to get you to a success point. That's so, a, that's the parent in me. Sure. Well, and that's, um, you're right. I understand that as a parent, you go, you want the absolute best for your kids. So my question is, is like, if you're going to pay for this really high end, <laughs> good move. If you're going to pay for this really high end education with higher taxes and are on, on one level, are you limiting? So you look at Dane County, Madison school districts, they're much more diverse. You're going to, you're going to experience much more culture and you're going to experience more diversity in those school districts than you are in a Wanakee school district. And I'm saying this, like I've never set foot in a, in a school in Wanakee. All I know is from what my friend told me that lives in Wanakee now and that was from Madison. Um, so we are separating the diversity again by doing that. And we're separating, we're, we're, we're just progressing that disparity between incomes for the people that have and the people that don't. So if you can afford to move to Wanakee and pay the higher taxes and put your kids in that school district, so then all of a sudden that means even less money for the, for the Madison-Dane County School District because now those kids aren't there. And the people that are there can't afford to go to the Wanakee School District because they're lower income. So then you're just creating a larger and larger and larger divide and leaving less resources for the kids that are already struggling. So it's, it's part of the individuality of our society is, is that I'm going to do what I can for my kids and I'm going to focus on my kids. And then there's these other kids that it's unfortunate, but they're not my kids. So I can't really help them because, you know, I just need to do what's best for my kids. And I'm not saying you're wrong. And I'm not saying anybody that's doing something for the kids is, is wrong. I just think there's a mindset that doesn't, it's not a community mindset anymore. It's a very individualistic yeah. mindset. Yeah. And so when we're going to, when we're going to base all of our decision-making on, on whether it works for me or not, then, then we're losing as a whole. And, and at one, at some point we're going to have to start thinking about the whole because if we don't think about the whole, then we're all going to fucking lose. Like everybody's going to lose some way, shape, or form. Whether it's life experience, whether it's diversity, whether it's economically, whether it's it's separating people to such the extent that we have riots, that we have insurrections, that we've we've created a, a huge divide between the haves and have-nots, or the you know the people that that are stuck and the people that have upward mobility. It's, um, the, it, I think it just speaks to the whole, the whole greater we're, we're dividing ourselves in so many ways. And this is one of the ways we divide ourselves. So if kids go to school every single day in a school where as soon as everybody gets their driver's license, they get a new car and everybody wears new clothes and everybody looks great and sharp and they've always got money. And then, you got schools where where nobody gets to experience those things. You're going to grow up with two completely different kinds of human beings, and they're going to be at odds with one another. And and I don't think long term 
we're not helping ourselves. You know, I just, I really don't. I think that the more we can, the more we can help each other, the better off we're going to be as a society long-term and we're going to have less of the division that we have now. Um, got into a conversation yesterday about um, what it, like, how we put our, our own spin on what happiness means. Um, like, uh, we go to uh, third world countries and we, we try to help them. We're going we're gonna to build them new houses and we're going to, build them new schools and we're going to um, we're going to bring economy to them and we're going to bring technology to them and we're going to make sure that Elon Musk did the Starlink thing. Did you see that? Uh, briefly, but I was going to do a lot more research because my internet my house sucks. <laughs> so this, when they launched the satellites, I was at my buddy's house. We're sitting outside having a fire. It was fucking crazy. So, we're sitting there outside big hang on, hang on, hang on. Yes. I'm going to stop you. Okay, stop. Cuz I don't want to lose where we're at because I have a couple things too. So let's finish the society separation school wrap up thing. Do you even remember where you were at? Cuz otherwise I'm going to interject. I remember where I was at, but you can interrupt. Go ahead. Throw it. I'm in. just saying where I don't at? I don't disagree. I think absolutely I understand those points. Um and I don't think the guy you knew who moved to Wanakee um was doing so out of malice for anyone. No. In in that underperforming district. So all I think is what you're proving is that the system in a general sense is fucked. If the reward system or the payment system for a school is based on how many X kids can come into the tax bracket, it then then it's just the wrong system in a general sense. Exactly. Um because because I get the unintended consequence of switching districts. I just also understand the parental side of doing whatever you can. And sure, it's privilege. I'm not saying it's not, but doing what you can for the best for your kid. Yeah. And and it sucks that it were that it's in a situation like the whole situation is a shitty one where you have to make that choice. And that is where it, it things are fucked and it's wrong. Yeah. So yeah. Again, I, I agree with the consequences and the overall shittiness of the situation, but I also understand the move by that guy. Yeah, and I so, so I, I don't think there there's any. I don't think he was in the wrong, and I don't think the district is. Well, uh, well, that's the thing that boils down to the to the base of the problem is that there is no somebody's wrong. You know, it's it's not like a choice where you're 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 looking at somebody and going, yeah, I don't mind shitting on you. You know, it, it's not about poor morals. It's about at the core of I understand that he wants what's best for his kids. You want what's best for your kids. I want what's best for my kids. It's it's there's a level of we we can decide what that best looks like. You know, yeah. we can decide what so we can decide whether we're going to go. You know, going to a school that is that never has any conflict, that everybody looks perfect and dresses really well, and everybody has a, a lot of money, and the school's got a lot of money, and they get to experience the the best new technology there is, and and the highest level of of sports um, facilities, and the highest level of of everything. We can choose that, or we can choose 
living in or going to a school where they're going to experience the most humanity. You know, I think when you're in a school where you see people suffering, it creates a different kind of person. It creates a more empathetic person. In my, in my opinion, I think when there's more diversity, there's, there's more ways, there's an understanding, like when you're growing up with more diversity, you're going to see the world so many different ways. You're going to be more open-minded. And, and it's my thought. I, I can't say that, like I said, I never stepped foot in a Wanakee school. Yeah, and, and, and I would so, be interested to see what the demographics of Wanakee is versus Dane County. Yeah, it's, I, I would say it's a lot wider. Yeah, I would, I would imagine uh, it would be, and I would imagine it's um, a lot higher income base. For oh, parents. it's definitely higher income base, much higher income base. Wanakee, Sun Prairie, though, all the suburbs around yeah. Madison. So there's a shift for people with, with more income moving out to these outer, so I don't know if they're called suburbs or what they are now, but these other communities outside of Madison, they still work in Madison, but they live outside of Madison. So they commute in and they're, they're willing to do that because, because they want to have a safer neighborhood. They want to have a better school. They want to have, you know, more options for restaurants, more high-end restaurants, more high-end grocery stores. They want more, more and more of that, you know, and because they're, they can afford it. You know, the, the, their incomes allow them to do that. Or sometimes maybe it's right on the edge of their income, but they want it anyway. So they're going to go and they're going to do everything they can to get that piece of it and hold on to it as tight as they can. I, I don't know what it's like. Like I said, I, I can't say I know exactly what it's like standing in the, in the Dane County School District School where there's a, a larger percentage of diversity of ethnic minorities and lower income compared to a Wanakee School. There's a less diversity and a higher income. I haven't sat down in a classroom, but I, I feel like the exposure to multiple different ethnicities and different kinds of people and people in so many different walks of life, whether it's people that are struggling and then people that are not, people that, you know, just have different ideas, you know, um, what they say, necessity is a mother of, of invention. It's a little bit of a tangent, but it's really not. Just stick with me here for a second. So when people struggle, they, they tend to figure out tools and ways to get around things that they need. You know, it's like, I need to get from here to there, but it's really, really hard for me to get from here to there. I can't just walk there. So I've got to, you know, get on my bike. Like, um, so I read a story about a kid who he grew up in inner city. And he wanted to make some money. He didn't know how to make any money, or he didn't know he didn't have the means to like. Um, couldn't ask his folks. He couldn't just go get a job at a grocery store because there wasn't any jobs available. So he decided he's going to start mowing lawns, but he could only mow so many lawns because he had to push a lawnmower wherever he went. Right. So he built a trailer for his lawnmower behind his bicycle, and he put a lawnmower and a gas can and a weed eater on the trailer and he could go that much farther. So this kid every single weekend was out mowing grass a mile away, two miles away on his bicycle. And he was like, he would have never done that if every single time he mowed grass, he got paid 50 bucks by his neighbors to mow his grass. You know, maybe he would never have mowed grass if he lived in a neighborhood where he didn't have to worry about mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. to make that money. So there's exposure to different levels of, of society that I think you get from a, a much more diverse school where you get to choose what kind, of, what kind of upbringing you want your kids to experience, what kind of life you want them to experience. And it's, it's a harder life 
God, man, you're making so much noise over there today. I wish you'd just like figure out what you're gonna. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm I'm busting his balls just because he is busting my balls. But so I'm not saying what's right or not. I guess yeah, I'm I, kind of playing devil's advocate a little. No, bit and here. I and I don't disagree. And so my devil's advocate to your devil's advocate would just be, you know, it's in in you telling me the story as I reflect on it and I think about what I would do in that situation. You know, I, I told you I would do what's best for my kid, and I, I don't disagree with that. But the 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 reasoning wouldn't be, and I just to clarify, for to get into a school that has kids with new cars. The reasoning wouldn't be to get to a school with less diversity. The reasoning wouldn't be um, to get to a school with less conflict. The reasoning would be purely based on the education that I think my kid was receiving. Now, I think... I, a consequence of that is exactly what you're talking about. So, so yeah, I, it, it's it's a it's a weird. It's not weird. It's unintentional consequence, and I don't know. I don't know the answer. Um, and I'm just thinking. So I apologize for the slow speak. There's so much going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned before, we're asking the districts to do so much. And I I struggle to ask parents who are capable, and I and I get that what I'm saying right now. I get it. It I understand parents who are capable are gonna do what they can have to do or want to do or need to do to do the best for their kids. I get it. And then I understand that those bear consequences that feed deeper into this fucked up world we're currently in. Yeah. And so at the heart of everything, I, you know, we get, we talked about, I think our first, very first episode or maybe our second one, what's the end goal and how do we get there? And so if the end goal is to get every kid in every community, a high school education where they come out a better person and prepared for whatever step they're taking next, I think what needs to be asked is how do we get there? Because I don't think we're there. I think we are so far from there that that's the, that's the problem. Whether it's funding, whether it's incentives to be in a certain district or not, whether it's the school's mentality they have to take just to get through the day, clearly it's messed up. And, and, Clearly, that's why people switch districts, or clearly, that's why people, you know, search out alternate educational forms, even homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, yeah, as a as a large picture societal question or answer, like, what can we do to fix that? Well, I don't fixing. It's a tricky word because there's so many ideas on on sure. Sure. On what people think, you mentioned homeschooling. You know, um, my ex-wife and I homeschooled our kids when they were really young, and there was a piece of that that um, was really, really special in in raising them in in that environment because um, they get to focus more on on the natural world than they do the academics. Yeah, and and they eventually moved into the academic world and they went to brick and mortar school and they did great. They excelled. So, you know, it's, 
there's so many forms of education and so many different ways to, to look at it. And, and I think that everybody's got their individual ideas on what they want for their kids. And if the goal is to raise and create wonderful human beings who come out of um, whatever school that they're in, a better person and a more educated person and ready, we pray, to take on life, then then it's there's no wrong answer other than, to your point, what are the unintended consequences? we got to think about that, the far-reaching point of end goal between how we get from here to there. What are the unintended consequences? So by creating a big shift, by separating kids based on income, there are a lot of unintended oh, consequences there. Yeah, so by, by separating kids on access to technology, there's a lot of unintended consequences there. Now you look at, so there's a lot of communities like the Amish community. They're separated from technology. They don't want it. They're not interested. That's part of their, their religion, their belief system. They don't want that as part of their life. So who am I to say that they should have it? I'm not. I'm not going to tell them they need to have that. It's their choice to, to be in that position they're in. And they're choosing to have their kids grow up in, in that lifestyle. Um, so, and it kind of plays in a little bit what I was going to say earlier about like what, what we want for our kids and what we personally see as a good life, you know, um, where do we find our happiness? So the say, and I'll just say this with, because I was going there with the Amish community, they believe that, that a joyful life is a simple life. You know, they don't need all the extra trappings of life because it kind of gets in the way of community. And for them, that's great. So, um, we, I don't want to put my beliefs and my ideals on somebody else. The only thing I, I would like to see for our, our, our society is that we are there for each other in a, in a broader spectrum. So we're, we're bringing up kids through education systems that no community still, that know that, that we're all still part of the same whole. You know, what do you, uh, you got this little smirk on your face. Oh, I was just going to lighten the mood when you're done. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so, well, here's the thing. Light, I, to lighten the mood, um, I'm fucking, I'm just going to go. I'm gonna just do it. Take your mood light and shit and just hang on to it for a second. <laughs> I was. So I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. What I'm saying is like, um, oh, damn it, man. What the fuck? Your mood lightning smirk threw off all my shit. <laughs> oh, so this is where I'm going with that. So we we um <laughs> got this awesome argument last night about this. It was pretty pretty fun to talk about it. Now we got, we've gone into other countries as Westernized culture, and we've we've changed them into what we think they need to be to be better, to be happier, to be this, to be that. And uh, um, who are who the fuck are we to say? Who are we to say that that this better for them? You know? Okay, so you got a, a little fishing village. And they don't have good dental, and they don't have many teeth, and they don't have a lot of money, and their and their water they have to boil it when they drink it, and all these different things, and they only live to fifty five years old. But are they living the life they are choosing to live? Who are we to say that we're going to go in there and we're going to make their lives better? Or are we just going to fuck it up for them? They've been living this way for three hundred years, and they're happy. 
maybe some of them aren't happy, but for the most part, like a lot of people that live that way, they're living that way because, you know, this is what they do. This is all they know. So I'm not saying that we can't share who we are, but at the same time, I think there's an expectation that that we're going to put people into this mold. I think that's what we do with the education system is this is what it's supposed to look like. You know, it should be this way. And, and it doesn't have to be any one way. You know, it doesn't, you know, we're not better, I guess. I don't know. You still give me that fucking look. Go, go lighten the mood on me, man. I was going to say, fuck you, don't tell me what to do. Lighten the mood. Don't, don't impart your ideals on me. <laughs> I don't need to want better. You don't. Do you want better? I do. Okay, see, there you go. <laughs> Motherfucking capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Hey. Yeah. Hey, what? I'm going to go use the fly on my sacks. And uh, let's come back and talk Starlink because my home internet blows donkey dick. Oh, okay. Start, start. Oh, yeah. Thanks for wrecking that for me, by the way. No, I'm going to have you retell your story. I, I don't even know if I still got it. Fuck off. Jesus. <laughs> we'll be right back. There we go. Now we're back close. to a home base. Hey, everybody. We're back. We're going to talk about some different shit right now. <laughs> Change <laughs> subjects. Well, I don't know. No sponsor segment. No, no sponsor. Well, we already did that already. Um, uh, how was the sackalicious in there? Did it take care of business pretty well? You still comfy? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Sacks, hit us up. <laughs> be your boys. Well, this I'll I'll be I'll be promoting some sacks for forever. I'll do it wherever I am. I'll be in the grocery store. I'll talk to the guy next to me if you guys want to be a sponsor. I'll do it. <laughs> I don't care, man. Um. So we're talking about Starlink. Yeah. So we're sitting outside around the fire, and uh, and somebody's like, "Is that a shooting star?" We look up in the sky, and this fucking that looks like a star is slowly going across the sky, and then there's another one, and they're all in line, sixty fucking satellites Jeez. creating this arc across the sky, like it was it was incredible. That's it was, awesome. It, it was really cool to watch. It was really neat. So astronomers are pissed about it though because the more satellites that Elon Musk puts up there and I just listened to a podcast with him on and he's like oh you don't have to worry about it you know only the professional astronomers are pissed about it he's like but we just mapped them all out and nobody's going to care but they say like it's going to change our view of the heavens from earth so it's going to look like Orion's got an extra star in his fucking oh, really? belt or some shit you know that's the that's the um fear okay you know because uh, Elon Musk says that they're going to be far enough out there that you won't, like, you'll barely be able to see them, you know, because they're so small, but compared to stars. But other people are not excited about it at all because it's going to change our views. So, anyway, Starlink, you got shitty internet? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, man, I got horrible fucking internet. I won't call out the uh, company, but it's DSL because I live on the other side of a railroad track. And so I can't get cable or fiber internet. Is that because Real One won't let them go underneath or yep, what? Exactly. Really? Yeah. Was it Wisconsin Southern Railroad? I don't know who the railroad is, but uh, they can't go underneath without millions of dollars of permits, apparently. And my service ain't worth millions of dollars to them. So I live in wow. a little subdivision that literally is backed up to the railroad. Mm -hmm. I, could, I could connect a line from a house and just hang it in a fucking tree and hit it in my house. It'd be all right. So, anyways, we have to go to DSL, and uh, you know, 
the 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 goal of expanding uh, internet to rural Wisconsin, fast internet, has not come to my house. So what's your speed? Uh, six megabytes a second Are download. Are you serious? And point nine upload. That's that's the fastest you can get. That's the fastest. That's fucking I can get. rough, man. So I can that's stream. Rough. I can stream Netflix. Okay. I can do Netflix or a YouTube video, is but it, only on one device at a time. I can't do two devices. Right? Is it, is it choppy? No. No. It's Netflix does something right with their buffering. Actually, it's not bad. Okay. Uh, surprisingly, but it's horrible. And so, uh, yeah, I tried to, uh, I tried to download. So I forgot my computer to transfer this podcast from a memory card to my mm-hmm. computer. So I emailed it to me as a Google in my Google drive. Yeah. It took me like two hours to fucking download the raw data from this, from the last episode. Yeah. I should have just came back to the fucking studio <laughs> you and driven back to town. downloaded it. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's kind of sad. It's, it's super sad. And. Yeah. Oh, now the caveat to that is it's cheap. It is cheap, cheap, cheap. Define cheap. What are we talking about? Thirty-five bucks a month. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I think we're paying sixty. Yeah. Yeah. So you're paying about half the price. Half the price for for one for tenth. Like, speed, I was going to say a tenth even, speed. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Okay. So going back to technology and like our our supercomputers in our pockets, how much speed? Do we really need? Yeah. I mean, so we stream, obviously. And if you get kids and a spouse and, and you're, you're going to stream on multiple devices, then then just going to eat up a lot of that speed. But in general, how much speed do we really need? Do we need 200 megabits a second? Unless we're some massive office building or something that's going to be really drawn on the system, do we need it? Like, um, yeah. No, I agree. So when we lived in Appleton, we had 10 megs a second because at the time that was kind of pretty fast. And we were perfectly happy with it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the major company around here, I don't know if I should name drop them, but I will, Charter. Yeah. Like, for a while, their base speed was 30. And yeah. I don't know if it still is or not. I think it up increased I think to it's, 60. It's, it's faster. And then it might have increased again to 100. So I don't know if that kind of speed is necessary, especially, like, download speed. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, at two of our three clubs, we have gigabyte internet. Mm-hmm. And it is pretty fucking nice. It's super fast. I mean, yeah. You just click download and, the, and a giant file is downloaded. So it, uh, is that a giant file you're talking about like when uh, you're um, at your desk? Yeah. It's a giant file, not for, like, not for the kids? Huh? No. So, um, well, here at the club, so we have Wi-Fi access points everywhere, mm-hmm. and they're all gigabit, so 1,000 megs a second. And um, it's not throttled. It's filtered is what it is. But mm-hmm. no, so the kids here too can... If they need to do schoolwork or anything, they have complete access to it. Now, I'm sure, you know, you put 100 kids on a, I, I put, or we put up a very commercialized high-density system, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the idea was you're going to have hundreds of kids potentially on Wi-Fi, especially right. with virtual school. We didn't know. Yeah. Um, so I, I have no doubt that'll throttle the system a little bit. It'll, you know, you put sure. all the kids on Wi-Fi and it might take 1,000 megs and it might bring it down to 200 on each device. But still, two hundred is ex- ex- is exceptionally fast. So yeah, that's like a car doing one hundred twenty miles an hour. Why the fuck does a car need to yeah. do one hundred twenty miles an hour? So back to your an- initial question: what what speed is enough speed? I, I I mean, I honestly, the six I get is probably enough for most things. But 
why why limit yourself when you it's so just standard to be better why why buy a moped that can go 25 when all your roads are 55 well that, that's fair a fucking moped where <laughs> did that even come from man because i used to have a moped <laughs> <laughs> mopeds are awesome for what they're needed for you yeah know, so it goes back to that fucking question of what's happiness man so like we're you said, okay, you've got six. And it, six does 90% of what you need. Right. You know, if you had 10, probably would cover pretty much everything you fucking need, right? So, but there's a, there's a gig here. And so it's like just knowing it's out there makes you want it. See, yeah. There's a, there's a level of like people telling other people you need this. Goes even go back to the credit score thing and, and going and getting credit and having a credit card because you got to have that TV, you got to have that iPhone. It's that next thing that's like, there's it's a happiness suck. It fucking it's a crusher of joy and contentment when there's something new out there that somebody's got and you don't have. It's just yeah. It's just like it's that's the way we're built. We we keep fucking thinking that has to be more. It's a it's a, I think it's such a, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't find the word I'm looking for. It's a fuck system. It's a fuck system to think that we always got to be more. We always got to grow. I can put that in the context of businesses. Look at the stock market. If you're not, if you're not having a, a certain amount of growth every single year, well, then you're not, you're not doing a good job. You know, it's like, Why? Why are you not doing maybe the maybe the person's got a company they, they don't want to grow anymore. Maybe they're fucking happy where they are. They're content. They don't need another 15% every single year. I don't need another iPhone every single year. We've we've lost the ability to enjoy our lives as they are. Yeah, I we're in this weird instant gratification system, but that gratification is is shortened. So, yeah. I need the next best thing, and when I get it, I'm happy, but I'm happy for, like, a month I got it. Right. And then something else comes out. I'm like, oh, fuck. I shouldn't have bought this one. I should have waited 30 days. Now I got to go buy this instead. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, there's no, or there's not no, some people do it, but there's less enjoyment of the things we actually have. And it's just this chasing our tail of mm-hmm. what's better, what's next, what's next. Now, to be clear, I don't want <laughs> or need a gigabit internet at my house. It's really convenient. If you could get it, would you get it? Um, depends on cost. Let's say it's let's say it's sixty bucks a month. Yeah, then I would get it. Okay, but you're spending you're spending twice as much for something you don't need. Yeah, but I would spend sixty bucks a month for thirty. Okay, <laughs> would you spend sixty bucks a month for ten? Uh, no, but ten is really all you need. But that that jump is not <laughs> that jump is different. <laughs> The jump from six to ten is not double the price. Of my Are life. you gonna use it? Yeah. See, that's the thing. Yes. Okay. You'll use the gig. Oh no, 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 no! I'm sorry. I would use ten. You would use yeah, absolutely. You would use ten. Yeah. But but would you use the gig? No. So would you go from let's say let's say you went from you get six now. Yeah. Right. You go six to ten, and you're gonna go from thirty five bucks a month to sixty bucks a month for six to ten. Okay. That's a hard press for me. I, I well, I, that's what I'm saying. Is it, it you would use the ten though? Yeah, I know. Okay, so so let's say you're going to get that ten, and it's going to get utilized up to the ten, 
And and for 99% of applications, you're just perfectly fine with the 10. Now, you could get a gig for another 20 bucks a month. (laughs) (laughs) But you're not going to, but you don't need it. Yeah. You don't need it, but you could. You could have it if you wanted it. And it would just, you would, you would, it's like, it's like uh, uh, that image on movies when they flip that MacBook Pro up and you see the little apple on the back of the MacBook and it's like, oh, he's got a fucking MacBook. It's like, there's just that thing of like having it, you know? It's like, I can have it. And if I can't have it, I'm going to damn well get it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a mindset. You know, it's like, can you set aside the, the, the desire to have the next coolest thing to really check in with what you need? I agree. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to caveat. Uh, with a caveat. With a caveat. This instance, I feel is different. <laughs> because it's not, it's, it's not a product. I'm not, I'm not getting a, a device Wait. or a thing. I'm getting a service. And so the question in my mind isn't what's the best service I can get. It's, it's a cost relationship to the service I'm being provided versus what I'm going to utilize. For instance, I can go get a, a expensive haircut for a service. Do yeah. I need that expensive haircut or did the $15 cheaper haircut do me just fine? I paid for the experience. So well, in this, that's what I'm saying. You feel different. Yeah. So there's a feeling that goes with that expensive haircut. And I agree with you hundred percent. You walk out of there and you feel indifferent. Now, how much different do you feel after a month, like you said, you said, I got my new phone or you got your new thing. After one month, do you even recognize that it's different anymore? And, and sorry, that's, that's part of what I'm trying to explain is I wouldn't. But what I'm saying is for the cost for me personally, where I'm at, mm-hmm. if you're saying, okay, you can get 10 at 60 and that's all you need or a thousand at 80. Which and, and I don't. It would be way more. I get that. This is a hypothetical. Like that cost difference to the benefit of getting that way higher mm-hmm. is just so exponentially larger that it would be worth it to me. Not as an instant gratification, but as a as a model of just cost value. I do you understand? I understand what you're saying, and I get what you're saying. It's, <laughs> it's over the top. I'm buying a Ferrari when I'm when I'm going to drive two miles to work right. and I need a moped. Right. You got to get that moped back. But I might go on the highway once. No, maybe. Yeah. And well, <laughs> so now I need a motorcycle instead. <laughs> See, there you go. Yeah. It's, I just, it's, uh, the, the, the concept of it is for me and, and I'm going to be, let's be perfectly honest. I'm, I've got the iPhone 12. I've got the high speed internet. I've got all the, not all, but a lot of the things that that I'm talking about here that I don't need. I'm not saying I'm <laughs> I'm not one of those people because obviously I fucking am. There's a piece of me though that really despises that because because I I also really appreciate those simple joys in life that get washed out a little bit with this with all of the need and the want of the new and the more. So you know, it's like maybe I'm just trying to say I'm going to try to do a better job of balancing that in my life, you know, because yeah. it's like it's important, I think, that that we do balance those things in our lives. I mean, okay, so Starlink. Let's go back to Starlink for a second. Yeah. So how is Starlink going to affect you personally? Well, unless I subscribe to it, it's not. Okay. So 
No, so, that's what I'm saying. How if you do some like so I don't know enough about it. So I mean, satellite internet is a thing already, right? Yep. Um, but my biggest concern with anything like that, or increasing my internet through like um, my cell phone provider, like you can get internet yep. through LTE, whatever. But all those have like data limits and data caps, and I'm I'm very much I don't like that. Yeah, you don't you don't like the not the unlimited data. You like the unlimited data. Yeah. Not, I don't need unlimited data for my phone, but when I'm talking about my home network, especially mm-hmm. when you're talking about streaming so many things sure. and stuff yeah. like that. like You want yeah. unlimited. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be sitting here wondering if I'm at a data limit and then I'm going to get charged up to wazoo. Yeah, you'd rather have an unlimited at 6 than a data limit at 50 where you're going to get massively hammered if you go over your 50. Right, Yeah. right. Or whatever, however many you yeah, have. Yeah, it's like yeah. 25 or something. And yeah. that who knows? I don't know what 25, you know gigs gets you you will when you have teenagers well and that's that's my thing is yeah. you know so we don't um it's just we're in such an internet heavy based system especially mm-hmm. at our home so you know if i'm working from home and i'm doing a zoom call how much fucking data is live streaming zoom calls well, how much yeah you know i don't have cable or anything so we have a few services like netflix or disney you know it'd be but, fucking awesome is if there was an app or a little program that you could have on your computer that's kind of like an electricity meter, but it's a data meter that actually shows live how, how much data you're using per session. So like say you're doing a Zoom call, and in the, in the, on the bottom right corner of your Zoom call, it could be a little box that looks like a little speedometer or whatever the fuck it is, or an odometer, and you're rolling up data. And, it's, and it gives you a, a, a live feed on exactly how much data. And I'm sure, like, with your cell phone, there's a, you, can, you can look in there and see how much data you mm-hmm. use every month. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be an interesting concept to actually have it, have it dialing up as you're using it. So, like, your water meter, your electric meter, is that you, every time you hit a Zoom call, every time you play a video game, every time you watch a YouTube video your little you can you can choose or not choose to have it in the little corner of your screen that shows you exactly how much data you're using at that moment and how much you've used since whatever date you started your your odometer. Yeah. I think that would be um that would be pretty fucking sweet. There's probably something out there. If there's there's, al- if there's always something out there. Somebody ideas I've thought about invent something? that shit if you haven't and if you have uh send it to me. Yeah. Do many times I've been like, oh that'd be such a great fucking invention and I look it up and oh yeah. It's Someone, oh man! Someone's done it. Oh yeah, I got some million dollar inventions in my back pocket that have been made. Huh? Yeah, they have, but I can make it better. So, 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 so going back to Starlink, it's uh, you know it would. I, I'm interested in it. I really am. Mm. Um, but I think it's like a hundred bucks a month. Yeah, I don't know. But again, it it just Wait. depends. Like, are there data limits in caps? Is it just old school satellite? I don't know. It it depends on the service. And I don't know too much about it other than the fact that I heard about it briefly and I watched someone put up their very expensive little antenna on a YouTube video and the speeds were great. So, well, that's news to me because when my understanding was the reason he started Starlink was to get uh, um, high speed or, or, or internet to places that don't have it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he could offer it to, to third world countries so they could have access to internet because it's going to make their life so much better. Yeah, that's my understanding as well is, in, and I heard him give a presentation at once, is that it's not like, it's not designed for Milwaukee or Chicago with high density, right. high traffic. It's meant for rural, remote locations. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I feel like in a small area where I am, that would be applicable. Perhaps. Yeah, and, and the I don't, railroads got to get the stick out of their butt and just let people, you know, yeah. I, I, the railroads they got to they got to it's from what yeah. I understand they've got a, a death grip on that strip of land that they've owned for hundreds of years, and it's a it's a power play. Yeah, I can't drill a hole, put a conduit, and run a fucking line through it. Come on. Well, especially you, but nobody can. No, I'm just gonna hang it through my neighbor's tree. Yeah, well, that's why not? They don't own the air over it, do they? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they probably do. They probably do. I think property lines go infinitely upwards. And so every time a plane flies over my house, I need a paycheck. Yeah, well, nah, I'm just, I'm just fucking. I'm right. just, yeah, that's a that's a different concept, I guess. You're talking how many like how many thousand feet does it go up? Maybe it's not infinitely. Maybe it's only you know, whatever it is. Um, High, highest tree. Yeah, the highest tree. But uh, um, so there's a I I I read that um, like along the Mississippi, um, sportsmen can't cross the railroad tracks to go fishing from the road because because the railroad is like that's private property you cannot cross it. if you cross it, there's massive fines and all these things and if you get caught on the other side of it obviously you cross it or did you walk twenty miles from the nearest tunnel or whatever or did you swim across from the other side to go fishing. So it's it's a it's an interesting concept, you know, because I like down by um, going towards uh, Mazo. Yep. Yeah, you see all the railroad cars alongside the road. Yep. Hundreds and hundreds, and they're parked in front of people's houses and the intersections. How is that okay? You know, like it, it's only just sit there. Yeah, it's it's like uh, 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 I don't know. I would think that like it, that would be if it wasn't the railroad, that would be an issue. You know, like whether it's uh, uh, depreciating land values. No, I mean, you're pretty rural. And so on the swamp side of that or the marsh side, that's all public land. Right. What about the houses on the other side of it? You just get to stare at freaking graffiti railroad right. cars. Exactly. Exactly. There's, I don't know. I would think there would be some kind of like quality of life kind of thing. You could get tired of looking at railroad uh, now cars. Now you're going to push your ideals on people. Like. No, I'm not telling them what they should do. I'm just saying there's, there's like a level of like maybe people don't they wait a minute them fuckers haven't lived their whole lives with railroad cars <laughs> in their backyard assholes so don't give me that bullshit <laughs> so it's no i mean so my house there's a couple houses between me and the railroad but we're we're close close proximity yeah, yeah. and that fucking train comes through at 3 a.m every yeah. night do they do they blow the horn yep oh man do you get used to it after a while huh you do but it's just still fucking annoying mm-hmm because I got to blow it at every crossing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my uh, uh, my ex father in law, he broke his ankle once. He moved to town. He lives up way out in the country. No running water. No electricity. No nothing. Um, and he loves it that way. And he came to town. We broke his ankle. He had to stay with us for a little while while he was convalescing. And uh, and I had completely forgotten that every time the train comes through town at two or three a.m., it blows the whistle. And it, he was, it drove him absolutely mad. He like, he left our house early, even though he wasn't ready to be walking completely yet, just because he couldn't sleep at night. You know, it was just like, he was so used to the peace and the calm of the country. that Now this train whistle was just driving him bananas. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's funny the things we get used to. Yeah. If I'm awake, I hear it and I get annoyed, but what are you going to do? No, that brings a lot of shit to the town. It makes me angry. I I I can't imagine if I was two houses back and like right next to the railroad track. Like God, 
So the subdivision you live in is a newer subdivision. Yeah. So their tracks have been there forever. Oh, yeah. And they the land was houses. probably cheap. And that's why yeah, they built exactly. a subdivision right there. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's like you... you uh, but uh, you would have... And maybe it was... I mean, not maybe. You look at those houses, and they're nice. Some are nicer. Some are not so nice. But, you know, when you talk my specific house, I have no doubt it was built to a code level and not more. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I got a buddy of mine lives just down the street from you. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you didn't want to... We weren't going to pack any more mm-hmm. noise, sound deadening, or insulation on the outside of that house. Listen to that train. <laughs> well, yeah, because they knew their, their market. They could they could sell it as being close to Devil's Lake, Yeah, you know, out in the country-ish, you know, but it, they can build it as cheap as possible. That's the way it is with so many things nowadays. Yeah. Everything yeah. gets built as cheap as possible. Not everything, but a lot of things do. Not to downplay my house. I love my house. I love the, I, I do enjoy the location. I over, you know, one side of the road, I get a horse farm. So mm-hmm. that's great. Close to Devil's Lake. How do you ever like ride your bike to Devil's Lake? We used to walk all the time, especially okay. when we had a dog. Yeah. Okay. Um, we haven't, well, now that I have two boys, it's been a while. Yeah. Anybody listening to this that doesn't know what Devil's Lake is, Devil's Lake State Park, uh, it's just outside the town of Baraboo, Wisconsin, South County, Wisconsin is one of the absolute most beautiful state parks I think I've ever been to as far as just like size of state park and um, just overall offering of, 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 of uh, experiences and, and just general beauty. It's absolutely a yeah. wonderful state park. Um, for that reason, in the summertime, it's an avoid-at-all-costs yep. state park, yep. which, is a, which is unfortunate you know, going back to the, the digital age and their communication, the way it's uh, everybody talks, it's instant gratification. So everybody knows about Devil's Lake State Park now. So all summer long, it is absolutely slam-packed. And it's it's to be, I mean, it's designed to be used. I guess that it's a state park. They made it a state park so people can enjoy it without wrecking it. You know, there's some regulation. Around. Isn't that what they make state parks for? So they could take this beautiful space and then kind of manage it a little bit better? I would I think. I would think. So, um, but yeah, it's in the, in the summertime. Holy shit. Yeah. And this summer, especially, I mean, heat of COVID was the first time. So we've lived in our house for six years, a little more maybe. And, uh, there was cars parked up our road in front of my house. People were walking miles. Yeah. I'm a half mile from Devil's Lake. Yeah. With, with, with full on coolers. Yeah. Just to get into the park. It was crazy. Yeah, so I imagine, I wonder how many state parks um, uh, out there were experiencing very similar things during COVID because that's all you could do, you know? So, yeah, until they shut them down. Well, how long was Pewitt's Nest shut down? Is it still shut still down? still shut down, yeah. That's insane. So we've got two state natural areas in our area, Pewitt's Nest and Parfrey's Glen, that have been shut down since COVID. And so there's, this, there's humans are fucking messy. We're assholes. We are. Like, as a species, we, we're not very good to the planet. And for Pewitt's Nest, I remember taking my kids there when they were little, and we would swim and, and, and like, kind of take, like, floaty noodles all the way down from the top of Pewitt's Nest, which consists of, like, four or five waterfalls and a lot of little pools, and, and, and we'd catch crawdads, and, like, they were, we would swim around, and it was just, the water was really clean. There were, there were fish and crawdads and frogs and shit, and it was just such a wonderful experience. And then as soon as as soon as uh, people start talking about it on Instagram and Facebook, it started to get more and more people. And now the little parking lot that once held six cars, 
people are parking their cars and their trucks in the ditch and they're tearing it up. And it's and so then the, the DNR came, the Department of Natural Resources came in, expanded the parking lot a little bit so it was safer. And then now there's now there's a 12 parking spots and then there's 25 cars. And people are building fires in the middle of the stream and camping out and they're and they're throwing beer cans and food and and they just trash the place. So on one hand, I kind of understand why they shut it down because goddamn, it was such a perfect, beautiful place, and it just kind of got wrecked. I mean, isn't that with a lot of things? People just fucking wreck it. Like how many times? Um, like I'll, well, I'll talk about Dells in a minute. But so my wife and I on our honeymoon, we went to. Uh, do we go bahamas bahamas dude is a tourist trap never been here it, it's you see all these pictures of open beaches and sacrivity and just beautifulness and it, it wasn't less beautiful but it was just packed there okay. was so many fucking people there that it just the experience isn't what it is what you would you think it's going to be mm. and, and it's just like as things get exposed via the internet Mm-hmm. all these little hideaways and all these little beautiful things that a few people knew about and were special just become overrun with people trying to get that same special feeling, but it just turns into just a shit show of people. Well, so, okay. So that's an interesting thing then. So what happens to the ones that they left that they're not going to anymore? You know, what happens to the, is there some sort of balance there where, the beaches that were once really, really busy, and then the little beaches nobody knew about, all of a sudden they get really fucking busy. What happens to the beaches that were really busy before? Or is it we just are we just breeding so many fucking I think humans? Just, I think we're just inviting so many people from all over that all these little spots just get. So maybe it's our our, our new found ability to be mobile as a society, as people. We can go anywhere we want, anytime we want, with ease now. Yeah. So, you know, we get people from all over the country coming to Devil's Lake. Yeah. You know, where, and, and to a degree, see, that's kind of the, the hard part about the balance of it is that, is that through COVID, we had so many more people experiencing nature, which is a fantastic thing. I think the problem with it is, is that they're experiencing it, but, but they're not taking care of it while they're experiencing it. So they're, they're 100% seeing it as just a tourist so they don't feel so bad, and I'm generalizing here, and I'm sorry, but it's just what I'm doing. They don't feel so bad about leaving an empty candy bar wrapper on the ground, you know, or, or leaving a shitty fire pit or not cleaning up after themselves or, or you know, bring it. So you got people that are purists. I don't know how many times I've gone camping, got a campsite somewhere, you know, out in the country, Mirror Lake, Blue Mounds, cave, wherever I'm going, and I'll set up my tent. I got my little fire pit. And I'm comfy, and I got my chairs out. And then someone pulls up with a 34-foot yeah. camper trailer with this got boom speakers on the outside and LED lights everywhere and, and the big awning, and they set up a television outside. And it's like they're bringing their living room to the country. And, and so I'm like, I'll leave. I've left campsites. I, I can count on two hands probably how many times I've left the campsite because when I go out to be in nature, I want to be in fucking nature. And it's really hard to do. It, it campgrounds now without strict rules that, that, that you know, say there's noise ordinances. There's, there's, we don't allow 34-foot trailers. And, and so it's, we've changed nature. We've changed our experience with nature now. So to back to Devil's Lake, there's so many people going to Devil's Lake all the time. 
So we avoid it in the summertime. Yep. You know, and in spring and fall, when it's a little bit quieter, we'll go during, I will go during the week, try to get a little hike in here and there and appreciate it. But it's, it's, it's changed. And so now I'm looking for the new spot. I'm looking for a place to go that's not that. And um, which is fun. You know, I can tell you this, the Sauk County and, and our surrounding areas have some really amazing natural areas that nobody knows about, that nobody talks about. And I love it. And I used to just shout it to the treetops. And now we're not even going to mention it. No, nope, I'm not going <laughs> to tell any of you fuckers out there listening right now where to go, what to do, unless I know you. And then I'll just, then I'll tell you on the side. <laughs> but we can't have all 60,000 of our listeners <laughs> going <laughs> and flooding these areas. We can't do that. So it's a different, um, it's not because there's, it's, what am I trying to say? I'm, ta- I'm, I'm trying to allude to the, to the Dells. So growing up here, the Dells has a totally different feel than I think people who come specifically for the Dells takes. For instance, I don't go to the Dells. Mm-hmm. Do you go to the Dells? Uh, I, I do... There's one restaurant I like to go to in the okay, Dells to eat. To yeah. eat, yeah. But I don't. I don't go to the Dells to experience the Dells. No. Fuck no. Uh. Uh-uh. It's a shit show. It is. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to remember. Did you go as? Well, no, you weren't here, were you? When I was a kid, I would we would go to the Dells, right? Mm-hmm. For like school trip or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'd go to water parks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Go to water parks and it's just. See, I think it's different though for kids. You know, because it's it's like they don't have to think about the logistics of it. You know, I think that's why it's still as busy as it is and it's getting busier is is because people are bringing their kids there because it's like Disneyland or whatever, but it's a Wisconsin version. So the kids don't have to think about all of the, all the logistics of what it takes to get there, to get the hotels, to get in the lines, to buy all the tickets and the fees and and deal with the traffic. They're not fucking driving the, the minivan through the middle of the Dells and people are pulling out in front of them and running across the street. They're not dealing with that. And that's what they're doing it for. You know, it's like they're doing it for the kids, right? Mm-hmm. How many times when you're in the Dells, and I know you don't go to the Dells, do you see a happy set of parents with their fucking <laughs> kids? Never, man. It's so rare to see parents smiling in the Dells. They're not happy. You know, it's... Yeah, it's a shit show. So, um... I went up to uh, uh, Door County, Wisconsin, and and it's Door County is beautiful, yeah. absolutely stunning. And you get into Bayfield, and you go into Fish Creek, and all these little cute little towns that are flooded with people. Thousands upon thousands of people pile into these towns to go to the cute little restaurant that no longer, you know, it, it used to seat twenty people. And now they've expanded seating to 40, and the cute little restaurant is not the same cute little restaurant it used to be, but they're still there trying to do it. And they look miserable, man. You're waiting in line for 45 minutes to go to a mom-and-pop diner that's not a mom-and-pop diner anymore just to take an Instagram photo. I am just getting all kinds of negative on this, and I'm not trying to. We've just changed. We've, 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 we've changed these, these things that we once adored, we you know, loved, their quintessential uh, uniqueness. They're not. They're not special anymore. They've lost their 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 glitter. Yeah. You know. Um, so what do you do? What do you do? Where do you take your family now? Where do you go? Where Where do you Where would you take your family on vacation if you could go right now? Mm. The other quintessential hellhole, Disney World. Yeah. You go to Disney World. <laughs> well, I've got two boys, and my wife wants to go to Disney World. Okay. So you. I don't want to go to Disney World. 
So, so you got two boys. Yeah. What does that? I mean, what do you mean? What is that? I mean, it would we would go for them. So it would go back to your Dell's thing with the parents. Like it's all based on the kids. So question mark around that. And I don't know why I'm I'm playing devil's advocate so much here, but I think it's interesting, so I'm going to do it. So when when Christmas comes around, I'm assuming you celebrate Christmas, right? Correct. Yeah, you celebrate Christmas. So Christmas comes around. And you've got a six-month-old, right? Six months? Yep. Okay, so you're six-month-old. How many p- Christmas presents did your six-month-old get? Mm. From family and friends and everything. Like, how many? Guess. I don't know. I'll, around 10. Okay, 10. So, he's six months old. Yeah, I know. Right? So, <laughs> when a six-month-old gets handed a box covered in wrapping paper, and they start ripping at it and shit, and it's like, what are they doing? Are they, are they getting just as much enjoyment out of the box and wrapping paper as they are what's in the box? No. No? Well, the six-month-old? Yeah, he's yeah. just messing around. But he doesn't even know what's in the box. And he doesn't care what's in the box because it was probably just clothes. Right. So, I don't know. I, my, he's just fucking close. My point is, <laughs> is like we have these ideas on what our kids, that our kids are going to love this thing and it's going to be this life-altering experience. And, and I think to a degree when the kids are a little bit older, Going to Disneyland. I've never been, so I can't really speak to what it's like. I've only I can only speak to what I've heard. Is that as kids got older, they really enjoyed the experience because it's this perfect magical world that they're going to walk around in, other than the lines and the cost of admission and the food. But they don't have to deal with that shit. They don't right. have to cost deal with that. Um, but would they have just as much enjoyment going to Pewitt's Nest pre it getting overrun? And spending a day swimming in the sunshine, have a little picnic, hanging out, catching crawdads, and being outside, and just and just loving what they have. You know, would it be possible to do that and 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 get the same level of enjoyment out of it? You know, it's um. I think that we overcomplicate things to try to find things to make our kids happy. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um. The only reason I answered your vacation question is because you asked it. Oh no, I, I have zero intention of going anytime soon. Just to be no, clear, but if the, and well, but it's true. I, and I, you're right. I asked you where would you take your kids right now at a drop of a hat. But yeah, you, your point is made. Yes. Yeah. Like right now, uh, my de- my wife just texted me. She'll be taking my kids sledding. Nice. Like he's gonna love it. Yeah, absolutely. Right on, man. Hopefully, it warmed up since this morning. Yeah. What, what what's yeah, the temperature? We're at one now? degree now. We're at one. God, I got so fucking cold. So, oh, we could. So, do you know anybody who lives in Texas? I don't. Have you seen the the videos of the people in Texas of what they're dealing with right now? No, dude. I, so I know a little bit about it, but I haven't like made a conscious effort to like look at the pictures or read about it. Because in my mind, I'm like, it's fucking Texas. How cold can it get? It's. I don't even know that it's the like the 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 level of of. Uh, minus 20 or whatever like we're experiencing but it's how their infrastructure is designed to handle it yeah and it's fucking tragic man it's so tragic and these videos and and um i saw uh there's a string of videos and i think they're tiktoks but somebody put it on youtube or something um people are just walking through their houses sobbing because there's water coming out of their ceilings and the drywalls busted and their house is full of water and all their shit's ruined and it's cold outside and they don't have power and they don't know what to do and and so i was getting all these memes from people about people in texas drivers in texas with four-wheel drives in the ditch and guys in wisconsin in a moped 
cruising along yeah, in their short, yeah, yeah. you know, all this. And and as as funny as that can be, there's a, there's a, I just had this tinge of sadness for people that are suffering down there right now. I've got grandparents down there who just got their water back last night. And, and, uh, um, my, I have a brother down there who he lost power in his neighborhood. And I, you know, the first thing I asked him is you put your faucets on drip, you know, first thing you got to, cause we know, right. If you lose power here, start turning them faucets on baby. Cause the water won't freeze if it's moving, Yep. you know, so many people in his neighborhood did not do that. So like they're, they blew water lines everywhere. It's like everything you've worked for for so long. And, and it's, it's, uh, um, Going back to our rugged individualism, Texas, I, I read this is interesting. There's three main power grids in the United States. There's an eastern grid, there's a western grid, and then there's a Texas grid. Really? <laughs> yeah. I guess it goes all the way back to the secession days when when they wanted to secede and be their own. Like, weird, Texas will take care of Texas. That's huh. their mentality. And I don't even think it's really changed that much even through this. Like uh, I'm on some some uh, uh, construction forums, and they're like plumbers are like, "Wow, I'm gonna pack up all my tools and come to Texas." It's like, "Fuck you, we don't want you down here. <laughs> we'll take <laughs> care of it. You know, we'll take care of our own people." But it is really interesting that they're on their own power grid, right? You know, so uh, it's called ERCOT, I think is the acronym for it. I don't know what it means, but it's their own power grid system, and and so, um. There's uh, uh, there's the the gas plants and then there's coal plants and then the, there's uh, renewable energies has gotten really big down there, so um, I guess like forty percent of their power in the summer, because there's, there's more wind in the summer, I guess comes from wind turbines. Okay. So, but their turbines are different than our turbines. They're 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 not insulated. They're not designed to handle the cold. Like they've got turbines in Wisconsin that. It's minus 20 and there's, you know, snow everywhere and ice and they're fine. They're keeping, they're doing right. their thing down there. They're not building them the same because they don't need to. It's Texas until now, you know? So I guess in the wintertime, what I read, and I don't know if this is true or not because I'm not an expert on the Texas energy, but I read that only 10% of Texas's energy comes from turbines in the wintertime because they don't spin as much. Um, but there was a drastic failure across the ERCOT platform because they, they saw that the, the energy spike was coming, but they didn't do everything they could to build up the power system to handle it. So they had these all these rolling blackouts because they said if it, if it didn't if they didn't do the rolling blackouts, there could have been a catastrophic meltdown of the entire system, and they could have been without power for months. Jesus, could you imagine that? A whole so, state of Texas. So they use like natural gas. Yep. So I have natural gas, and it's negative, you know, 14 at night, and my furnace is running. Yeah, but they don't have electricity. You need electricity for your furnace to run because it's got a fan. It's got an igniter. It's got all of that stuff that goes into it that's not just the gas. True. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so like, my brother was so using his gas range, his, his, his oven and his range in his kitchen. I'm was, not an electrician. He was lighting the burners with a clicker lighter because yeah. the gas is still plumbed. Flowing. And it's, it's, it's still flowing. flowing. Right. You can light it manually, but if, and it's just, but then it be, just becomes radiant because there's nothing moving the air. You so don't, they have power plants, I'm presuming. Yeah. Gas power plants. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, just the lines broke? No, they went offline. Like, the power plant shut down because 
And so, like I said, I'm not, I don't know energy. This is what yeah, I read. Yeah, do I. This is why so, I sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Wait, how does energy work? <laughs> the way I understand it is, is that a power plant creates so much capacity. Yeah. And if the capacity overloads what the power plant can give, it'll, it strains the system too much and it like, it'll, 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 uh, cause a, I don't know. I, I want to say meltdown. It sounds nuclear, but it, it'll, it fucks the system up. It draws too much amperage on the system or, or volts or megawatts or whatever it is. God, now I sound like a fucking dumbass too. It's like, it, it was too much for the system to handle. Sure. And if they push the power plants, to, it's like, say maybe I'm just guessing here. It's like a fucking car yeah, running, running at 7,000 yeah. RPMs yep. for too long. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's probably the best way I could describe it to my best of my understanding. So they had to shut them down incrementally to not melt the power plants down and create where they weren't completely unusable. So therefore people were having power outages. First off, they shut them down for longer times, but then it was like at, at two to three hour increments when my family was telling me, it's like, would be off for three hours and it'd be on for three hours and off for three hours and on for three hours. So when it's on, they don't have like, they might, they don't have furnaces. They don't yeah. have a furnace. They, they have space heaters and they have fireplaces and maybe a few places have furnaces that, really want that extra, you know, heat, but they, you know, they don't need them. They have air conditioners. Fucking every single house in Texas has an air conditioner, but they don't have, not all of them have furnaces. And so you got to have electricity to create the little bit of heat they would normally, like in my family, um, they live down by New Braunfels. They're, um, they get down in the, in the twenties and thirties okay. in January, February, every once in a while. So, so they gotta, they'll have to set their taps to a drip now and then, so it doesn't freeze their pipes for one night. You know, maybe a couple nights over a period of a few weeks, but that's about it. Otherwise, they're in the 40, 50, 60, 70 degree range. You know, throughout the winter time period. So this is such an anomaly. What's happened down there now? Obviously, it's like the only place that was above freezing in the in the entire nation was the southern tip of Florida. For a little while. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that these people are like, so they're, they're building codes. They're not designed to carry a snow no, load. Because, no, because when, when would this, when has this ever happened? Right, exactly. So I don't blame the codes. I mean, they're not, you know. No, no, not at all. It's just, it's, it's just such a, it's like, it's a yeah. tragedy, man. Yeah, it's just it's a just, tragedy. Uh, they're just dealing with fucking shit. They're not prepared to because no one would have ever thought they would have had to. Right, right. So it's um, it's been a it's been a heyday for a lot of internet trolls. Yeah, you know, um, and it's uh, uh, and and I'm sure like there are people out there that love to rub it in everybody's face how warm it is in Texas and how all there is, you know. So those guys are going to get shit from their friends because if you know if my friends were throwing that to me in the middle of Wisconsin winter, I'd be throwing it back at them too. But now, I wouldn't do it right now. No. Like right now, there's I was a, like, there's a time. And a place. <laughs> there's, a, there's a line, and there's a, and there's a big difference between two friends giving each other shit versus someone just sitting there hating on someone and laughing at their suffering. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But it's it's yeah it's it's a it's a really strange situation down there that to to see to see my like my cousin sending me videos of six inches of snow yeah. on the ground. That's incredible. Like. Or in Seattle, I got kids that live in Seattle. They got a my my kids got a foot of snow at their house in Seattle, and they don't. The city doesn't own a plow. 
Not fucking one. <laughs> so can you imagine a foot of snow? That's a lot of snow, man. Nobody's going anywhere. Shovel system. Yeah. Shovel shovel business just went up. Yeah. If I was live if I was living in Seattle, it like right now, I would I would buy a plow for my truck, even if it just sat in my garage for three hundred and sixty one days a year. Because I tell you what, in three days, four days, you could make a killing. Going out, just plowing people's driveways, man. Snow blower and a plow and a couple snow shovels. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. buddy. And and just to be able to get out of my own house to go to the grocery store, you know. Yeah. I just had this. I had a vision of some dude, random dude, in a three quarter ton truck and a plow, pushing a line all the way down the middle of the street to a grocery store, and everybody would be looking at that guy going. They'd be following him wherever he goes. They're going to be a line of cars behind him. You know trying to get to a grocery store or a gas station or, or wherever they want to try to get to. You know, I re- do you remember it was a few years ago, Atlanta, Georgia got like an inch of snow Yep. and there was people abandoning their cars <laughs> on the interstate. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off, but, but that's an inch of snow. It's not like a complete system meltdown, but people were ordering food to be delivered to them in their cars because they didn't want to leave their car on the street because they couldn't move. It's it's such a weird place, man. It's so weird. Yeah, but it's just it's a norm. Like Wisconsin or the Midwest in general is unique in the sense that we experience four seasons and we experience all four seasons and all yeah. of those seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get 100 100 plus sometimes in the summertime and it's negative 8 right now. Yeah. Or it was. Yeah, it was. It was minus what? What was it? Minus 20 something the other day. Yeah. Yeah. We get it all. So we ha- you know, we're just People aren't moving here for the weather. No. They aren't. Or they are. Maybe you want it all. Well, some people do, but I don't think they're going to, they don't, I think that when you stay here, for me, I can appreciate what, what the, what the, the limitations of our, our weather puts on people that are fair weather people. Yeah. You know, um, less people are going to come here and move here and live here. And we're going to, our resources are going to be less taxed because of the extreme weathers that we experience here you know you look at california you look at texas you look at florida you look at even the carolinas they're like they're maxed you know and it's because it's so nice there all the time when i was living in la it's amazing it's 78 and sunny every single day see but here's the thing and maybe this is just me a i should be clear i enjoy the winter Mm -hmm. i'm a hockey player that's probably why i mean but if it's going to be cold it better fucking snow. Oh, yeah. 100%. I don't want it just to be cold to be Mm-mm. cold. Like, throw some snow on me. But what is better than it? sitting, having a nice cup of coffee, and watching a nice snowfall white all around? What's better than, magic. than falling asleep with your windows open and it raining out in a thunderstorm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah. You know why? Because it's fucking real. It's real, man. It's for real life. Your real life. <laughs> the fuck <laughs> fuck your starlink man just fuck, sit, fuck listen starlink. to the rain enjoy the snow just, hey just, man yeah. <laughs> you want a little salt <laughs> we haven't even done our whiskey episode yet oh i got an idea we need to do a whiskey episode i'm excited about i agree this. We got to do that. I own one whiskey that was given to me that I will bring. Is that the, is it Knob Creek? It right? is Knob Creek. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Knob Creek. Yeah. 
So shout out to Bill because I haven't mentioned him yet in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And I I told him last week, I said, man, I said, I think I talked about you four or five times in an episode. So Bill is a connoisseur. Um, He knows a lot about whiskeys and distilling, and he's a a, a very intelligent guy when it comes to those things. And um, so we were talking about uh, the episode when you mentioned the whiskey that you didn't know what it was. And I'm like, it's a square bottle. And he's like, oh, it's not great. And I know that. So, so Bill, we need to talk about this. Uh, we're going to need you to be our information guy again, <laughs> <laughs> looking up whiskeys of the world. And I know you're really excited about that. He's really not. He doesn't want to do that at all. But anyway, I had to bring him up a little bit there. Shout out to you, brother. Um, but we do need to do the whiskey episode. And so I've got a guy in mind. I'm not going to mention his name right now. Um, I'll talk to you about him after this because I think that he would be a wild conversation. And it's not even like one of my go-to buddies that I talk to all the time. He's Mm -hmm. I just had a conversation with him. I see him now and then. And he's from Chicago, and and he's got some stories, and he's really into whiskey on a deep level. And uh, I think it would be interesting to see if he'd be willing to come on because I bet you – he would have some amazing stories. And we got to figure out this whole bringing a guest on thing. We do. This is episode five. We said by eight. Is that what we said? Eight? Well, no, we didn't put a specification on it. We said we just want to be, sh- we want to be clear um, the vibe and the expectations. Yeah. Like. We talk about anything. We can talk about anything. Yeah. And, and, I, and then, you know, if we bring, we bring in, you know, someone who's an accountant i'm not going to sit here and want to ask them accountant questions necessarily we might might, dive into financial stuff but but it's it's not you know all professional really yeah it'd just be fun yeah i think we're at the we're yeah so uh i think uh, we're good we can bring someone in i think so too i think so too um what do you think bill i'll talk to you about this later i'm gonna put it out there uh give us a call on our call-in hotline and uh let us know if you think we should start (laughs) adding guests to our Unless you're getting tired of hearing just Kyle and I, maybe a little bit different, diverse topics. Um, you know, we don't cover much on here. We're pretty basic. <laughs> you're fucking basic. <laughs> Everything from manscaping to Starlink, baby. That's what we cover. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm excited to do the Whiskey Night um, podcast. Obviously, uh, shout out to our families again for uh, allowing us the time and space to do this. Because in the evening, you know, that's usually my family time. So I got to... You know, call in some favors to see if I can pull off a nice evening here, drinking some whiskeys, and and then uh, luckily, you know, uh, call bar buddies on the way home. <laughs> um, we'll get her done. Yeah, we will get it done. Where were we? I don't know. We start started fucking talking. What the hell were we talking about? I don't know what we were talking about. We lost our we lost our place. Um, I think I you know, have a man. It? I think you have a man crush on Bill. Uh, you know what? Bill's my bro, man. I guess I got, I don't know. Yeah. So he's a guy. Um, I talked to him, I don't know, shit, like three, four, maybe five times a week. That's awesome. And it, and it's just, uh, it's like, <laughs> so, um, it, it's funny. So Bill, I love you, man. This is like, it was uh, a couple weeks ago. He called me up. He's like, Hey man, you want some, uh, you want some dinner tonight? <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, well, I'm cooking this roast, man. I think I might have a little too much, so I'm just putting it out there. If you want me to, you know, give you some 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 pork roast for dinner, it's like I don't know. I've, I've never had anybody do that before, and it's and it's like so. I, he's like, I'll just put it on the front porch. This <laughs> one by his house. I grabbed the Tupperware full of pork roast, and and it's like, and then two weeks ago or this last week, 
I sent him a venison roast, and we're talking about food recipes. It's, yeah, it's just a really awesome, unique relationship. I That's appreciate good. Bill very much. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. I'm excited to meet the guy. Yeah, he's a good dude. I, I don't know if he's ever going to come on. You know, I, oh, I probably scared him away when I said he couldn't fucking talk. <laughs> probably. Well, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to maybe I'll put a little bit of pressure on We'll bring Bill on. Bill, he, what perfect first guest would there be? Well, have, all our listeners have heard as much as I have. Well, so, yeah, that's yeah. that's what be, I'm saying. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, no, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, but I want to do whiskey night too. Well, we could do whiskey night with Bill. Yeah. He's got some sweet accents. He's a, he's an actor. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm putting a lot of pressure out there, Bill. <laughs> hope you're, the expectation bar just keeps getting higher and yeah, higher. Yeah, I hope you're okay with this, man, that we're, we're really going to put you on, on, the, on the spot here. But uh, I think I'm going to extend this invitation to Bill to see if he accepts. And if he doesn't, everybody's going to know. The whole yeah. fucking world that listens to our so podcast. the pressure's on now. The yeah. true test. Yeah, they're going to wonder why Bill did not accept the first ever invitation <laughs> to the conversation with Kyle and Ike. I, I mean, I don't know why anybody would turn it down, so I don't know. We'll just see if he's going to be an asshole or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill, sorry, buddy. I'm, it's it's going to be it's going to be a ride. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I think we're gonna. Yeah, I, it's been a little shorter, two and a half. <laughs> yeah, I think minus a minus a break, but. Yeah, I've enjoyed the conversation, my yeah, friend. Me too. Me too. I'm going to call it this time. I think that's we're uh, we're at that point where we cover some good shit. We we cover a lot, and it's a lot of random shit. In fact, I don't even make an effort to put in the description all the shit we cover because it would probably be a book. What I didn't even look. What what was the description in the last? What'd you put in there? I don't know. I just it's always boiler. It just says join Colin and Ike for this conversation. Oh, it is. At one time, you you put like the recorder or some shit. Yeah, I put a couple. I put a couple of the main topics. Good, but we but I mean we're all over the place all the time. So um, while I have you here, what what are our uh, analytics right now? How are we sitting? Because oh, I can't see that shit. That's one thing that I, I I would like to be able to see, and I don't know if I can because you created it. Is it's like it's interesting to me. I'm not trying to pump numbers up, but I am curious as to like what is the yeah. So we so last week I told you we had 34 people. 34, yeah, or at 30, but now we have 34. So uh, yeah, all of our episodes are hovering around like 40 plays. Okay, so do we do we have subscribers? I don't know. I can't see that. You can't see that. No. Okay, Bill's a subscriber. He told me uh, we. Know, I know we've got at least one. So the platform we use is uh, Anchor, and uh, that just like distributes out. It's like a host, and then it distributes out to all the other places where you can listen to podcasts. So mm -hmm. Spotify, you can listen on Anchor. It's kind of questionable. Um, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, whatever podcast service you use, it it spits them out to like seven or eight of them. So our listeners can use whatever they want. I, I listen on Spotify. I usually like to listen back to the episode once. Mm -hmm. I do once. Yeah. Yeah. One time just to see if I, uh, you know, can pick out any of the places where I didn't like what I had to say. Yeah. And, you know, I either I'll listen to it pre-posting, like when I edit it, just to kind of see if there's anything I need to cut. Um. <laughs> yeah. That's important. Like dead airspace or yeah. like the bathroom break. Yeah. That's, that's important. That is. And then. That's usually it, and then but sometimes I'll listen back on Spotify. It just depends. Yeah, well, and and when I say those numbers, that doesn't include I subtract two, 
So technically our viewership is 36, but I subtract two, assuming that you and I are two of those. Yeah, we're, we're definitely so. going to be that. So, uh, um, thank you everybody for listening up. Yeah. Whoever's out there. Appreciate y'all. Um, and, uh, this is another, another wrap up here. Yeah, buddy. All right, man. Till next week, my friends. All right. Later. Next week. Maybe next week will be a whiskey week. Who knows? Who really fucking knows? Well, we can record whenever. <laughs> this is true. We, we can could record on Tuesday night. Nobody knows when it, well, it until we say it. Until we fucking say it. Yeah. Well, let's just keep let's, let's just keep rambling for a little while. All right. <laughs> All right. Happy Saturday if you're listening to this. Goodbye, everybody. Happy Saturday. <laughs> See you later. See you.